It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running, almost, well, on time, uh, for this 11th day of October 2022. This is The Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the Mary Wacky Zany Real-Time Multimedia Madcap Extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, all time zones in between. And the Great Globe Round, uh, where if you go to Head On Live and you join in on the chat room, you'll be greeted by early arrivers Theo and Squeaky and Anatole, and capably moderated by that dynamic duo, longtime inveterate indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky, who, being a third stage skilled navigator, has folded space to become man cave, and of course, pinch hit midweek chat room utility moderator and all around great guy. Brother Bishop Steve from Georgia Stan. Steve! So, uh, it is, uh, in fact, Titanic Tuesday here at the Horn. We take note of titanic manifestations of intellect on the part of, uh, you know, right-wingers. Um, so, we'll have... No small of that, uh, no, no no small amount of that. I think we're going to have plenty to work with this afternoon. But uh, before we get into that, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And that means we say thank you to our eleventh day of the month subscribers, and thank you to those who responded to the late breaking. Uh, a challenge from yesterday evening, which having been met, uh, was drastically reduced our fundraising hole. And thank you to our anonymous uh, benefactor, kind internet friend. Uh, thank you that, then to our kind internet friend. And thank you as well to Lori for jumping in uh, and uh, 
uh, on the challenge. And thanks for uh, thanks to Christopher in Oregon. Thank you to John. Thank you to Tony and Chico. Thank you, Paul from Parts Unknown. Thank you to Gary uh, for jumping in on the uh, on the challenge. Thank you so much. And what does that mean? Well, that means uh, things are far less desperate than they were, and I paid a couple of bills today that desperately needed paid. And we should be okay for a while. You know, I mean, the bills you have always with you. And to be quite honest, I was able to pick up my medication because, you know, uninsured radio host. (sighs) The vicissitudes of being, uh, you know, well, independent, so to speak. But thank you, one and all, for that. Uh, the fundraising goal now stands. Uh, it would have been, um, well, it's, un- it's, it's, it's basically 440 bucks, which is a far cry, a far cry from where it was. Thank you, one and all, for your help in keeping independent liberal progressive broadcasting afloat. And your humble hostess as well. Thank you. Uh, so where do we uh, where do we begin? Well, we we had we had excess uh, we had excess morans uh, yesterday, but uh, well, I, it, it's almost like it's too much to. It, it, there's no such no 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 such excess. Um, Thank you, Ralphs. Woohoo! Robin can pay some bills. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's, it's once upon a time it was things like woohoo! You know, no, uh, we we celebrate bill paying here um, because we're fond of things like electricity and internet. Oh, by the way, the internet—that's that's what I was thinking about. Um, if the program should suddenly go away, the internet has been weird here all day long. Um, Frontier was out in front of the house yesterday as I got home, futzing around with their lines. And today, the the well, the Chantel internet has just been strange. So if 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 I disappear, I'll try to get back as soon as they let me. Um, but it's not me, just you know, and 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 understand, there's not a cloud in the sky. And oddly enough, that's usually when it happens. But I hope nothing happens that way. Um, This, by the way, is Bridge Day weekend here in the hills and hollers of Almost Level West by Cole Manchinistan. And come Saturday, there will be a Hundred thousand people or more wandering around on a on a on a steel uh, the the Western Hemisphere's longest steel arch bridge, and watching people jump off, and there'll be uh, like festival carnival kind of food and things like that. And I'm going to go out and get into the tumultuous masses, wear my mask, um, but it, it it should be a blast and. Thinking about taste of bridge day on uh, Friday. I don't know. I'll probably be. Yeah, I'll be here for Friday on the front porch, uh, most assuredly. So thank. Uh, yeah, just trying to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, you great minds think alike. Um, Stephen New York says uh, the Titanicist. I'd like to nominate Tulsi Gabbard as the most Titanicist intellectual uh, today, and she is. Yeah, she uh, she quit the Democratic Party today. And it reminded me of that old line, how can we miss you if you won't go away? But go away, she will. She says the, the Democratic Party, um, Tulsi Gabbard does. Um, she left the Democratic Party declaring that it is an elitist cabal. Did they write that for you over there to the Fox News or TV, Radio Rwanda there, Tulsi Han? Um, she went on, uh, she posted a 30-minute a diatribe on YouTube. Among other things, and I'm not going to fool, not going to fool with her audio. It's just, ugh. Um... I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that is now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoke anti-white racism. Oh, Tulsi, honey, are you going to... Is is Paris Fashion Week still going on? Are you going to go put on a White Lives t-shirt with Kanye? Maybe you can tweet about going to Death Con 3 for the Jews next, Tulsi. God, what a POS. And she wants other <clears throat> moderate Democrats to follow her. Oh, dear. It, what, is, what does that word salad even mean? Can I get a little help here? Um... Elitist cabal of warmongers. Um, Tulse? Hun? We're out of Afghanistan and Iraq. We're not at war with anybody. We don't have troops fighting on foreign soil, sugar. If they're an elitist cabal of warmongers, they're not very good at it, hon. Well, you know, when you go to work for Fox News, you have to... Every now and then, you have to eat that big old shit sandwich. Of course, Tulsi hasn't been a... Democrat for rather a long time. I believe in a government that is of the people, by the people, and for the people. Well, thank you, Abe Lincoln. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Well, the Biden administration, pardon me for going there, but it's just a good example. Um, the Biden administration has done more to try to help the single most marginalized community in the United States than any other previous president, but but they're for the powerful elite. Uh, wait, am, am I the powerful elite? I don't feel powerfully elite. Do you feel powerfully elite? 
He's the most, President Biden is the most progressive president this country has had since Franklin Delano Roosevelt. But, but Tulsi wanted, oh, no, oh, thank you for the translation from the original word salad, Stephen New York. What does that word salad mean? It's very simple. Putin's check cleared. Kind of sounds like, yeah. Oh, wait, it's all part of a hustle. Ah, I should have seen this coming. Her her announcement served as the inaugural episode of The Tulsi Gabbard Show. Oh, welcome to broadcasting, Han. Let's see if you've got it in you to stick with it for 18 years. Meow. Meow, meow. Now, the article I'm looking at, which comes from Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, of course, says, Gabbard has grown increasingly estranged from the Democratic establishment. I, I think, I think that's, a, that's, a, that's sort of a typographical error. Gabbard has become increasingly strange since her failed candidacy in the 2020 presidential. She's also become a vocal critic of President Biden denouncing him for pouring fuel on the flames of division in the country. Well, uh, uh, Tulsi, honey, and, and remember, let's do remember that Tulsi comes from a, a, a rather vocal source of transphobia, homophobia, xenophobia, and bigotry. Uh, but she says that uh, President Biden's pouring fuel on the flames of division in the country. Hmm. Uh, Can I get a a little help? How's that happening? Because the last I checked, uh, the only people trying to divide this country are the maggots who um, think that anybody who isn't... uh, Cis, het, and white, and preferably male, needs to go to the back of the bus. And of course, well, when you're getting praise, she's being praised for her bold stance. Would you care to guess who's praising her for her bold stance? Why, yes, there he is, amateur paleontologist Newton Leroy Gingrich. Gabbard has always been sort of an independent maverick. Oh, really? Has she gone rouge, Newt? So I think when she ran for president, she realized how really isolated she was from the great majority of the Democratic Party. Well, become a Republican, Tulsi. What's slowing you down? Wait, you want to form a third party, do you? Well, by God, you'll have to go through Jill Effenstein to do that. And they're trying to—they're trying to say things like, "Oh, the Latinos are leaving the Democratic Party." Latinx people. You know. 
maybe, Steve, I understand why you nominated her. Maybe we should have just not mentioned it at all because she's not worthy of mention. What a... Yeah, what a what a what a pathetic little cry, what a pathetic little plea for attention. But I'll bet you whoever's back back behind her Tulsi Gabbard show podcast is pouring the money in don't because yeah. Pretty sure she's not writing her own shit. Pardon me, brown word early. And I'm equally certain she doesn't have the skill set to just sit and ad lib. So that means there's a staff back there, which means there's somebody who is, well, running her. <laughs> yeah, Ralph says, Tulsi, I just can't quit you, Gabbard. Oh, well. Tulsi, hon, don't go away mad. Just go away. Because she's got such a constituency. I wonder if they'll have her on uh, my filthy morning habit. Oh, and speaking of which, I was pretty good this morning. The flaying of uh, uh, fake hillbilly J.D. Vance was pretty epic. I got a note from our pal Kenda out in Missouri about that, and it is it, it was a sick burn, as the as the young ones say. Uh, what she said, uh, what what was what they said about JD? Um, and it wasn't just JD, but it it was in 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 the segment about him. The very men who talk about a war on masculinity put their own manhood in a lockbox for Donald Trump. And there's a lot of truth about that, to that because for you know for years. For years we've had, we've, we've talked about how Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating king of America, that terribly, terribly, terribly butch Texan, actually sat still while Nitwit Nero essentially called his wife a hag. Yeah, she's definitely not hot. Ted Cruz's wife, she's ugly. And didn't and didn't do anything about it. Early on, when I when I first met John Bridavo, I said, it, "Wouldn't your average Texan husband, if you said something that shitty about his wife, wouldn't he like come and uh, threaten to or actually punch you in the face?" But instead, Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz said. That's okay. You can say anything you want to say about her. That's that's fine by me. Just don't hurt me. And so now you've got J.D. Vance. Oh, and he got burned so badly last night by Tim Ryan. Who, by the way, let's acknowledge, um, is nowhere near sufficiently... Uh, ideologically pure enough. I mean, the guy pals around with Republican people. But he did, he did 
he did bring the sauce, and he poured it all over J.D. Vance, calling his masculinity into question in his own right, saying, you let the guy sit there and tell you that you kiss his ass? And you just said, thank you, sir, may I have another? Wow. But here's the crazy thing. At least in some polls, J.D. Vance leads Tim Ryan. Which I find astonishing. And it's much more of a... and, And as usual, it's more of a commentary on people there than it is on the candidate himself. Really? You're actually going to vote for a guy who will let a waddling, corpulent sack of sin and adipose jiggle say that you kiss his ass for his support? Oh, how, how, uh, how, how very uplifting it must be to be a Republican in Ohio. Go figure. Uh, Steve in New York noting, Tim Ryan gave him a serious case of watch what I do here. Scarlet ass. Ah. And as to Tulsi, Flavio up in Wisconsin says, uh, good riddance, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. What a grifter. She is. And and Emilio says, hey, I'm so leet, I don't have any money. That's how exclusive I am. That's pretty exclusive, Emilio. Randy Radar said the president sent very fancy weaponry to Ukraine. Are you sure we don't have military advisors over there? Yes, quite. We are all over the we're we're all over the the NATO the country NATO countries. I mean we we got you know, folks in Poland because we've said that if he goes over the Polish frontier, well NATO's Article Five gets triggered and the party's on. Um. So, just, it's going to be that kind of day. Oh, and by the way, a little bit of a, uh, not a little bit of, but an update. You know, yesterday we were talking about how Gavin Newsom needed to get out in front of the uh, ugly racism present on the L.A. City Council. Well, Los Angeles City Council President Nuri Martinez, who resigned as president of the L.A. City Council, said she's taking a leave of absence from the L.A. City Council after she got caught being a stone-cold racist. And Ron Herrera, the president of the Los Angeles County Federation of Labor, resigned his presidency position yesterday. 
But you know what? I'm uh, I'm proud of President Biden on this. The calls for resignations have gone out. And today, Corinne Jean-Pierre, White House spokesperson, said, the president is glad to see that one of the participants in that conversation has resigned. He believes they all should resign. The language that was used during that conversation was unacceptable, and it was appalling. And he's right. And Corinne Jean-Pierre added, uh, President Biden believes all politicians should be held accountable for racist language, including Democratic leaders who are leading one of the most liberal-leaning cities in the country. Mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, is calling for the resignations. The California Democratic Party has added its voice. Multiple labor unions have. And both of the mayoral candidates. And now we've moved into the, hey, but was the recording legal stage of the proceedings? And at this point in time, that, 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 that ship has sailed and sunk. But here's the thing. It was... Uh, the recordings were made and the meeting apparently took place at the L.A. County Federation of Labor. The L.A. County Federation of Labor uh, later said in an email to its affiliates that there is a serious security and privacy breach saying the recordings were illegal and that by God they were going to, the, the, the uh, Labor Federation was going to investigate where the recording came from and make sure these crimes are prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Ah, uh, not a good look. Really, not a good look. Going after someone who exposed the, 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 the vulgar racism of that bunch Ah, that person needs a medal and does not need to be sought out for criminal prosecution. Read the room, L.A. Federation of Labor. It does not look good that you're complaining that your president got caught being a racist. Because I'm pretty sure there are some African-American members of the L.A. Federation of Labor. So, update. Oh, and uh, something that uh, let's have a let's have a quick look at uh, uh, Herschel Walker. There's a Survey USA poll put out. Uh, It was released uh, um, in the last few days. And at that point in time, he was uh, down 50% to 38% among over 1,000 likely voters. Polling took place between September 30th and October 4th. 
Yeah, hopefully it stays that way. But what, for the life of me, I can't figure out is how it is that Ron Johnson is up on Mandela Barnes and how it is that Tim Ryan is trailing the fake hillbilly and that even Dr. Oz is gaining ground on John Fetterman? Damnedest thing. But uh, also worth uh, taking a look at something that's going on in the Supreme Court. Naturally, it has to do with uh, potential insurrectionist justice Clarence pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch had an editorial uh, yesterday in which they took note of the fact that, well, um, okay, some of this is procedural to to the Supreme Court. And right now, well, each justice maintains a certain, maintains jurisdiction over uh, emergency requests and the like for different segments of the country. And guess who has jurisdiction over Florida? That's right, Clarence Pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas, and his insurrectionist wife, Ginny, who supported the terrorist attack on the capital of the United States on January 6, 2021. And so what Nitwit Nero has recently done is he has appealed the ruling from the Court of Appeals, that the documents being reviewed that he stole and and carried off to Maga Loco, uh, well, he doesn't want those documents reviewed. And and, and the Court of Appeals said that uh, the review can't include some of the most sensitive classified documents because there's just something, there's no way to make it safe for them to be reviewed. And so Nitwit Nero ran off to the Supreme Court to ask for an emergency stay so that he can review classified government secrets to, to which he is not entitled and whether he can continue to keep them in his basement even though they are not his. And he has no right to ha- have them in his possession, you know, whatsoever. Now, within this context, we have to remember that Fappy Thomas voted in favor of Trump 
when he sought, and he was the only vote in favor of Nitwit Nero, when Nitwit Nero sought to uh, keep Congress from seeing the records regarding the January 6, 2021 terrorist attack on the seat of constitutional government in the United States in an attempt to execute a coup to keep Nitwit Nero president and thus unchargeable with any crimes. Remember, that's always in the background, that stupid little Office of Legal Counsel memo in the DOJ. Only Fappy said, yeah, he should be able to do that. Well, now, now, this request for a stay is sitting right in front of Fappy. And Fappy actually has the power to do what COVID Caligula wants. Or he can deny it and send it to the full court for full consideration later. Now, you tell me. If it should happen that Fappy Thomas grants the uh, grants the request and gives the stay, is that a violation of, or or would that constitute a violation of judicial ethics in any other court in the country? You know with the exception of the Supreme Court, which operates as a law unto itself? Because I, uh, I think the answer is pretty, pretty easily yes. And what the St. Louis Post-Dispatch said is, um, whatever he does, only Thomas and his wife will know how much of it was based on jurisprudence, and how much of it was right-wing pillow talk. And they're not wrong. But on the odd uh, on the chance that he does simply grant the relief at that point in time could we start having an impeachment discussion or are we just going to avoid all of those more messy aspects of constitutional governance until after the election. Only Fappy and Jenny know. But it's howlingly unethical for him to even have this question before him. He should have said, nope, can't touch this here. And passed it off to another justice. You know, even 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 if it was uh, uh, Sammy Badbreath or baseball and beer loving Brad or the Handmaid. I mean, old balls and strikes is the chief justice. But see, here's the problem: if he conflicts himself out of that then he can't ride to the rescue for Nitwit Nero 
when he'll be much more necessary later. What a spot to be in. Yeah, something is up, Darlene in Connecticut notes. Flavio says, uh, as to Ron Johnson, why Ron Johnson is pulling out ahead, have you seen the never-ending ads on local TV stations in Wisconsin attacking Mandela Barnes? Hint, they have a Willie Horton-like quality to them. Oh, and don't forget the lurid cell phone text messages and robocalls. In other words, Mandela Barnes does not have the necessary money to fight back. (sighs) Wonder why that is. And meanwhile, Charles Booker, a brilliant candidate in Kentucky, just goes begging. Even though he would be an infinitely better senator and a better representative of the Commonwealth of Kentucky than Moscow Mitch, who delivers next to nothing, but is beloved among other among other uh, the, the entities of the hydrocarbon industry. That's who Moscow Mitch's real constituency is. Right. Flavio also noted... Uh, as touching the L.A. City Council. Democrats always police their own. Republicans seldom, if at all. Uh, Darlene, elaborate on something is up if you feel uh, so moved. Stop it, Robin, says Lee in New York. Justice Thomas is not done making Democrats cry. Senate Republicans will not stop supporting a political hack. No, of course, of course. Oh, and uh, over in the ongoing war crime that is uh, Putin's attack on Ukraine. And for the life of me, I can't figure out how people manage to defend Putin. How is starting a war of choice, a war of aggression, not so obviously a criminal act as to be, uh, well, apparent to even people who next to, know, know next, next to nothing about it? They, if, if you attack somebody who hasn't done damn thing to you, you're at fault. But, no, um, Pudi is having problems because one of his mercenaries wasted one of his commissioned officer lieutenant colonels. Um, In a report from the Daily Beast, they said the Kremlin's flailing bid to get an edge on the battlefield by deploying mercenaries from the Wagner Group which now includes hundreds of prison inmates, has reportedly backfired as the private military force butts heads with the Russian military. The growing conflict resulted in a Wagner fighting fighter gunning down a lieutenant colonel in the Russian army, a deadly episode of friendly fire that the Kremlin is said to be trying to sweep under the rug, according to the human rights group Gulagu.net. Get the description. 
Earlier this week, a mass brawl broke out between newly drafted Russian troops and contract soldiers at a military base outside Moscow. We knew some about this. The, um, nearly two dozen contract soldiers are said to have ha- taken a beating, that is, had, had, had the kicked out of them, by draftees who didn't want to go off to fight Putin's war in Ukraine. And the mercenaries had to lock themselves in a separate room and call the Moscow police for help. The fight reportedly erupted after some of the contract soldiers demanded the newly arrived draftees hand over their mobile phones and gear. The tumult seen between the groups has also visibly carried over to Russia's wider information space with pro-Kremlin military bloggers getting increasingly outspoken in their criticisms of top military command and Putin's more radical allies publicly deriding those in charge of the war. Not, of course, oblivious to the fact that maybe people don't want to go and fight and die in Ukraine because Russia has never been under any threat. Putin wants all that sweet, 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 sweet frack gas under all those Ukrainian sunflowers. Recently, a viral video showed a Russian military commander telling new troops that they're responsible for bringing their own medical supplies and that the guys should carry tampons with them to plug bullet wounds because they didn't have any bandages. Well, there's the crisis of masculinity again. God, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. Uh, Flavio notes it's called fragging re-Wagner group. Wasn't that what they called it in Vietnam? Mm-hmm. Only that was within the ranks. This is this is open violence between people who don't want to be in the ranks and people who are not in the ranks, but they're mercenaries. Mercenaries who, by the way, have committed no small number of, uh, you know war crimes there we go but it's getting uglier he's bombing civilian targets hell he missiled a playground who missiles a playground Well, that's true. Randy Radar says everyone wants that sweet, sweet Ukrainian frack gas, and that goes as far back as Hillary. Yeah. I'm just one of those weirdos who thinks that maybe the more fossil fuels we leave in the ground, the le- the, the, the less likely it becomes that this planet becomes uninhabitable for human beings. But I'm funny that way. Uh, Darlene, uh, expanding on what she said, it seems totally crazy and suspect that these subpar candidates are doing better in the polls than the quality Democrat candidates. Are we sure this isn't the horse race BS to bring in the bucks for the for-profit and fringe media? Yeah, I think I'm I'm feeling fairly comfortable that that's not the case, Darlene. 
it's the it's the flood tide of money coming into these Lulus. And on my filthy morning habit today, uh, Joe is getting downright apoplectic, asking Tim Ryan why the Democrat the the Democratic National Committee isn't just pumping uh, pumping money into his campaign and the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, while people like Peter Thiel are giving J.D. Hillbilly $15 million. And it's a fair question. But the DNC can't spend money it doesn't have either, I guess. And with the missiles flying all over Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, uh, yesterday during his address, nightly, he, he addresses Ukraine daily, nightly, whatever, asked for what he referred to as an air shield from uh, basically NATO countries. Zelensky told the G7, millions of people would be grateful if he could have more help fending off the Russian uh, uh, missile attacks. And Washington, the Biden administration, said, yeah, we will uh, up the shipments of air defenses. Germany said it would deliver the first IRIS-T missile shield reportedly capable of protecting a city. And apparently we do have some missile defenses in place there. We have given that to Ukraine. And and, and, and we've got about a 50% rate of knocking the Russian hardware out of the sky. They just need more of it. And I realize there is a certain hypocrisy that attends any of these discussions. But I feel comfortable saying that there's a lot more hypocrisy on the part of Republicans than there are on the part of Democrats, although hypocrisy is hypocrisy is hypocrisy is hypocrisy. To paraphrase Gertrude Stein. We missiled the hell out of Iraq and Afghanistan. How many wedding parties did we murder? Particularly in Afghanistan? But that doesn't mean you can't complain about another war crime, it, it, even if you've got a history of committing them. Look, I was there. I, I was there. I said it out loud. George W. Bush should have been prosecuted for war crimes alongside uh, Richard B. Dick Cheney before he dicks you, and Donald Rumfield, and uh, the dude who licked his comb. And the rest of them. But we didn't, because remember, President Obama said, we have to look forward. Not back. 
and gave him a gave him a pass for the war crimes that led to the slaughter of a million innocent Iraqi civilians, non-combatants, a million. But that does not change the nature of the struggle in Iraq, or in Ukraine, geez, Iraq, yeah, in Ukraine. Because understand, Putin's, Putin wouldn't be happy with just Ukraine any more than that little fellow with the Charlie Chaplin mustache was happy with the Sudetenland, as we noted last night. Wasn't happy with just Czechoslovakia either. His goal was the entirety of the European, the, the, the European continent. And I think we're better off Stop trying to stop that shit before it gets started. They are engaging, the Russians are, in things that are, that the, uh, the world seems to agree are war crimes. They're targeting civilian energy infrastructure. And Mother Russia bragged about it, saying all assigned targets were hit. One-third of homes in Lviv were without power. Lviv is the largest city in the region. And Putin is now trying to use winter as a weapon. Russia fired 83 missiles. Air defenses shot down 52. 43 of those were cruise missiles. 19 people were killed, more than 100 wounded. The UN said that the Russian attack may have violated the laws of war. Now, here's where, here, here's, here's where you have to start fretting, if we weren't fretting already. What happens when one of those precision-guided weapons winds up landing on Polish soil? The hell of a question. And, of course, one of the things that, that the people who think that Pootie is the good guy here, or the victim even. Well, they have in common an... Uh, 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 well, look. This happened in uh, Florence, Oregon, a business, outside of a business center in Florence, Oregon. A local resident of Florence, Oregon, by the name of... Patrick Mead saw a guy putting a Nazi flag, the Hockenkreutz, up in place of the Stars and Stripes. 
having taken down the Stars and Stripes, he draped that over his shoulder, and Patrick Mead said, I asked him, excuse me, what do you think you're doing? And he replied, I'm putting up a Nazi flag. You got a problem with Nazis? And I was like, yeah, I do. And then he called me an N-word lover. And I got really mad. Meade left the scene, then he came back, took some photos, and the police showed up. And when he showed back up, the, the Nazi was giving stiff-arm salutes and arguing with someone else. They walk among us. We have a modern Nazi problem a hundred years after the rise of the Nazis. Because the only way to stop them is to absolutely crush them. Crush them. Destroy them. Because otherwise they will come back and come back and come back. Oh, and speaking of Nazis, the House of Representatives will probably censure marginal trailer queen. Because on social media, marginal trailer queen wrote, and this is a quote, Joe Biden is Hitler. And shared a doctored up, phonied up, faked up, frauded up, rubed up video of Joe Biden standing at a lectern and surrounded by swastikas with a Hitler mustache. And I hope they succeed. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't have much in the way of summary effect, and she'll probably be the. Oh, if the Republicans take the House, she will be the chair of the House Appropriations. For all I know, she'll probably be the chair of something, maybe governmental oversight. Uh, if they gave her the chair, the chair of the the uh, uh, building and grounds committee, it would still be revolting. She's already been censured once for the toxic comments that she made about Dr. Fauci, but it doesn't matter to her. Over at the Washington Post, Jacqueline Almany said anti-Semitism has been a through line in her social media. She claimed in 2018, for example, that the wildfires in California could have been sparked by, remember, of course you do, Jewish space lasers. 
And then, of course, she also participated in a rally with uh, Nick Fuentes, a Nazi, the guy who says that it's gay to have sex, for a guy to have sex with women. Uh, You know, Nazis are stupid. Billable Rick says, how can any American support Putin, the war criminal? I'll answer the above question with a question. What percentage of Americans supported Hitler's invasion of Poland? Although I don't know the specific answer to this question, I would hazard about 33% of Americans were pro-Hitler, roughly the same percentage of people who belonged to the Republican Party and who voted for Hitler in the 1933 election. The U.S. has always had a sizable minority of people who favor authoritarian rather than democratic rule. I'd suggest that the Venn diagram for Americans who are pro-authoritarian would nearly completely interlock with those who believe in Q nonsense and believe that Barack Obama built FEMA camps to jail his political opponents and that Bill Clinton was sending black UN helicopters to take over the U.S. in order to take away our guns. Don't forget the golf courses, Rick. I don't know if I've made any sense, but that's my take on your question. I appreciate it. No, you made sense. There are more people with Nazi leanings in this country than we dare even consider because it's so terrifying. And no, no, Brother Deacon Asa, I am not finally jumping off the bridge this year. No, no. It's like a friend of mine said to me about conventional skydiving. Why would anyone want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane? There we go. As to the word, as to the Tulsi Gabbard word salad from the beginning of the program, uh, Brother Deacon Asa is in agreement with uh, Brother Usher Steve. What does that word salad mean? It means it means the money check done cleared. Jewish space lasers. Yeah. And then this is just one of the, this is just a little something-something. Apropos of nothing, and not earth-shattering in the least, but, well, enter Judge James T. Jameson in Kentucky. And there's an investigation underway of Judge James T. Jameson. At one point in time, uh, the public radio station WKMS at Murray State University filed a request to see footage, uh, video footage from the courthouse relative to an ankle monitoring program. Because, among other things, Judge James T. Jameson was accused of providing only one choice in ankle monitoring brands. And if people got on home confinement, they had to use that ankle monitoring brand. And then he also pushed treatment facilities 
that he himself had created through an incarceration, uh, 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 alternative incarceration um, program. Well, when, when the request for the ankle monitoring information came through, Judge James T. Jameson, Jesus, really? Judge James T. Jameson called the president of Murray State University as well as the station manager of WKMS and asked them to spike the story. Why? Well, maybe it was maybe maybe it was the sketchy ankle monitoring thing, or maybe it was the um, proprietary treatment facility. No, no. Uh, and then the Kentucky Judicial Conduct Commission, which oversees judges in Kentucky, sent him a subpoena. And according to the allegations, Judge James T. Jameson told his judicial staff to uh, not cooperate with the subpoena. And then, then there's this. When the request for the courthouse video footage came through, what kind of threw Judge James T. Jameson for a loop was the realization that if the video got out there, wait for it, I just just know I know how this mother votes. I mean, come on. He did all this flaming barbed wire hoop jumping, Because he realized the video would have footage in it of him, the Honorable James T. Jameson, walking around the courthouse in his tidy whiteies. See, that's how I know how he votes. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be. But I feel fairly confident that I know how he votes. By way of excuse, God, by way of excuse, uh, it has been said that, well, Judge Jameson works long into the night sometimes, and sometimes he even spends the night in the courthouse. And Okay, uh, how, how does that... How does that translate to uh, trotting around in your tidy whities? And the thing is, the story has made it to, all the way to the uh, Journal of the American Bar Association. He's already been temporarily suspended once. He's the uh, a judge in the 42nd Judicial Circuit of Kentucky, Stan. 
That takes in Callaway and Marshall counties. Oh, for pity's sakes. Oh, and there he is. Uh, this guy's a real piece of work. wonder if the underpants he's worrying about might be maiden forms. That's just me, but I just, I mean, not saying, just saying. You know, I had a job in a courthouse once. And I, too, once worked late into the night. And, yes, I even slept on the couch in my law library a couple of times. Because driving a 45 minutes home and 45 minutes back for, you know, be there for two... No, it just didn't make sense. But you know what I did not do? I didn't parade around the courthouse in my maiden forms. <sighs> oh, yeah. God bless it. Uh-huh. Well, listen, let's... Uh, it, it is a Tuesday, so we have the Green News Report from... Uh, Oh, wait, what's that? Brother Deacon Asa says, I'm so disappointed in the Judge Jameson story. I thought the footage would have caught him with man in mouth. <laughs> it, it, it did, did kind of look that way from the, yeah. But that's because I was building suspense, Brother Deacon Asa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I disappointed you. But it is Tuesday, so we've got the Green News Report from Brad Friedman and Desi Doyen. I wonder if they'll have the story about the particulates that we talked about yesterday. I don't know. Um, we got $440 to raise to be flush and even with fundraising 11 days into the month of October. That's so much better than the $1,000 we were looking at. Maybe we can knock some of that down. Yeah, I know. I, thank you for saying that, Ralphs, because I was kind of thinking the same thing. Oh, my God, James T. Jameson looks like an incel. I wonder if there was a telltale bag of Cheetos in, 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 in the judge's chambers. You don't know. I wonder if there were little yellow-stained fingerprints on the... Stop it, Robin. Let's 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 go to the Green News Report. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. It's Tuesday, October 11, 2022. They saying I don't meet the requirements. So what's the requirements when you lost everything? Floridians devastated by Hurricane Ian confront a housing shortage and mold. Extreme heat and drought could render regions uninhabitable within decades, says United Nations. Plus, the fact is they're ripping you off. 
California weighs a windfall profits tax on oil industry price gouging. All of those ripoffs and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. President Biden spoke next, and it was a heartwarming speech about unity, recovery, and strength. But I gotta point out, at no point did he throw paper towels into a desperate crowd, raising the troubling question, is Biden too old to ricochet a roll of brawny off a pensioner's noggin? Coming up next on Fox News, this is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, I know the media already want to move on, but the scale of the damage in Florida is staggering. Yes, it is. Now, the search has ended for survivors of Hurricane Ian. The storm destroyed or damaged hundreds of thousands of homes, deepening the existing affordable housing crisis in the state, with many thousands now homeless, including a significant number of elderly retirees. Mm. The daunting task of cleanup has underscored another emerging factor, toxic mold, that is setting in at water-damaged properties. Mm. The New York Times reports that mold is actually a growing problem across the entire country due to the increase in extreme rainfall events. And the report warns that mold could be one of the most devastating long-term hidden costs of man-made climate change, which is increasing humidity, rainfall, and storminess. Well, the scientists never warned us about mold, now did they? In Pakistan, 17% of the country is still flooded, two months after persistent torrential rainfall triggered catastrophic flooding that's submerged a third of the nation over the summer, its worst climate-driven disaster in history. The floods killed more than 1,700 people and destroyed more than one million homes. Now the United Nations says the beleaguered country is battling a second wave of catastrophe with malnutrition, malaria, cholera, dengue, and other waterborne diseases. It's the opposite problem in southern Africa, where a prolonged extreme heat wave has caused blackouts in nearly every nation. In Namibia and Madagascar, triple-digit temperatures and years of drought have decimated crops. The United Nations warns that Somalia and other impoverished African countries are on the verge of famine. Now, a new joint report released on Monday by the United Nations and the International Red Cross warns that these extremes are foreshadowing. If governments fail to cut emissions that cause global warming, the report warns that within decades, extreme heat waves will render some regions uninhabitable beginning around 2050. Areas predicted to, quote, exceed human physiological and social limits include the Sahel, the Horn of Africa, and South Asia. It'll be fun in a couple of decades to look back on all of these warnings and Wonder where we went wrong. Extreme weather records are piling up, supercharged by man-made climate change. Australia's largest city, Sydney, has just clinched its wettest year on record since record-keeping began in the mid-1800s. It shattered its previous annual rainfall record with three months still to go in the rainy season, which has already triggered widespread flooding across New South Wales. 
But some good news. It includes a target of zero new extinctions. Australia has announced it will set aside at least 30% of its land mass for protection of endangered species in a bid to protect the nation's iconic animals and plants, species found nowhere else in the world, like koalas and kangaroos. According to a report published in July, Australia has lost more mammal species than any other continent. Did she say the goal is zero new extinctions? Yes. Okay, then. And finally, in California, the state's Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom has called a special session of the state legislature to weigh enacting a windfall profit tax on oil companies. Gas prices have climbed sharply in the last few weeks in California for no apparent reason while staying steady or declining elsewhere. State regulators have asked refineries to explain why. Here's Governor Newsom. The fact is, they're ripping you off. The record profits are coming at your expense. And that's why today I'm calling for a windfall tax to ensure these profits go directly back to help millions of Californians who are paying for this oil company extortion. You know who I wish would explain themselves is every single Republican in the House that voted against a law banning price gouging by big oil. Although they don't need to explain it, I think we know why they did it. The only question is, will they be held accountable for it? For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Sometimes I wonder how much time Brad and Desi actually put into that bumper. And maybe it's just Desi. But it's always a nice call. Those, two, those, are, those are two very nice people. I wish I'd met them more than once. And more than once over a decade ago. But there they are every Tuesday and Thursday. And... Uh, uh, by the way, I had a note from Ron and Raleigh. I'm sure you've heard lately Noam Chomsky has laid a lot of fault at the feet of the United States for the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. I usually find myself in agreement with Noam, but this time I find myself in opposition to his opinion. He says that the U.S. is standing in the way of peace talks between Russia and Ukraine. I wonder if Noam Chomsky believes that Russia would actually negotiate in good faith. Does he think that Ukraine should cede the annexed areas of Ukraine to Russia? Putin is mad. He wants to reestablish the old Soviet Union and will continue to push for that end. Well, yeah, and, and moreover, he's looking to reestablish a, you know, a, a, an area-wide hegemony on the order of Tsarist Russia. Ask people in, in, in uh, Latvia, in Estonia, ask them what they expect if he gets away with what, he, with what he's doing in Ukraine. They know they're next. Because they, he knows that the West is largely averse to the idea of war. But, you know, Noam Chomsky, bless his heart, is a... Uh, well, he's, he's, he's a, a, a leftist leftist. And probably still has a certain amount of a romantic attachment 
to the idea of the old Soviet Union. And I mean that as no slur. I mean, it's... But there's... How can anybody think that... So they're going to, so this was all in order to set up a negotiation to keep who would be simple enough to believe that but then again you know in the run up to 19 uh, 1939 there were plenty of people here in the United States Ron and I know you know there were plenty of people here in the United States who thought that uh, well that Mr. Hitler seems like a reasonable type you know we could probably carry on a conversation with him and it wasn't just here it was in uh, uh, England as well you know uh, Wallace Simpson and that fella she was married to oh we just got back from a lovely vacation with that Mr. Hitler and Charles Lindbergh American hero first man to fly solo across the Atlantic and there he was lunching you know, Lunching with a genocidal racist maniac. I think we can. I think we should be able to mind our own business and, and let Europe take care of Europe. And uh, and Hitler doesn't seem like such a bad fellow. I mean, and and that Mussolini's making the trains run on time. I know you know what I mean, Ron. And so let's run over to the phones. I do believe we have Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, Robin. How are you? I don't know. You don't know? I, I just don't know. It's too soon to tell, too early to say. But I do know this, and I'll pose my response in the form of a question. Have you seen a picture of Noam Chomsky lately? Well, yeah. If they ever did a Broadway production, a big musical, big, flashy, splashy musical, of three Billy Goats Gruff, he could he would be ideal as the troll under the bridge. I mean, the guy looks like he's lost his mind. I, and I hate to, you know, uh, narrow it down to how somebody looks, because I know I'm no uh, vision of loneliness. Right, myself. you know, Marilyn Monroe, I'm not. Yeah, smelling of cashmere bouquet and all that happy scrappy, but... Wait a minute, geez. wearing ambush in a French twist. Yes, somebody will get that go. reference. Actually, I put a little honey and butter on it and, and, and had it with my croissant. Well, I wore a French twist to the reunion Saturday, Saturday night, if I, and if I knew where, if they still made ambush, I'd do it just so I could claim the line. I think it. I think they still sell it in gallon jugs uh, on uh, one of those right wing uh, websites. You've got to order it in a gallon jug though, and then work it down into individual units for sale in your PX. Your uh, right-wing militia PX. Jesus. I don't know. So that's how I am. I guess that's one way of putting it. How are you? You know, I'm in a good frame of mind. I wish I was going to the beach this week, but that was just impossible. Well, come uh, here. We've got beaches that are very close. And well, your beaches are farther away than the beaches I was going to, but uh, Miss Terry got home from uh, Florence today, and she told me that it's, Huh, ninety degrees and pure sunshine down on the down on the Gulf Coast, and it's like, damn, I won't feel well, that. I won't feel that till next July. See, it's beautiful a lot of places. You got to you got to unlimit your scope, or something. I don't know. 
Hold on a second. <clears throat> so did you you did you get over your jet lag from your trip? I mean, it wasn't really jet lag. It was just one time zone. But that one time zone does make a difference. No, I mean the the travel lag. I guess would be a because I don't travel well. Yeah. Oh no, been... I was I was zonked when I got in yesterday, and yeah, I'm I'm pretty okay now. All right. But well, you, next you're weekend, pretty, this w- and you're okay, so that would make you pretty okay. Well, thank you, kind sir. So there. Um, it, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's going to be busy this weekend with Bridge Day because I mean, it really is fun. It's not ninety degrees and sand the color of Domino sugar that feels like baby powder on your feet. Fun, but it's fun. I imagine it draws a lot of odd people. I mean, by odd, I mean, you know, crazy, lunatic fringe-type people who show up for the event but have madness on their minds. I don't know. I, I just don't even bother anymore with these people. So I'm sorry I bailed on you last night, but I had to see that Ohio Senate debate live. I understand. And I'm telling you, it was a sight. It was a sight to behold. I don't know who the consultants are for uh, Tim Ryan, but he had a ready answer for every uh, assertion by that little twerp, jerk deluxe. Okay, I'm going to start calling him that until it catches on. And he looked like he was scared witless. And I don't know who briefed him, but they they were obviously on, on... on drugs, and I'm talking about the cheap stuff that you make in your own bathtub at home. He was—he didn't. Uh, and see, the problem is, it's a what is it, the last I heard is a 50-50 race. Now, what does that tell you about the state of Ohio and things? Well, it, you know? it, it, it but it tells me about—I mean, his uh, Ryan's numbers were higher, and it tells me about the power of negative advertising. You know, when the when the either the the, the six foot tall sentient cockroaches or the amorphous multi limb beings from Norblap Nine analyze the fall of this country, they're going to say, you know, that negative advertising really worked, and it it killed them. Well, it ain't over yet. We, what is it now? Twenty eight days. A lot can be done between now and then. I hope. I mean, I mean, they could. Fl- there could be secret video of uh, uh, Jerk Deluxe running around someplace at night in his tidy whities with a, with a man in his Oh, mouth. from your lips to God's ears. And a guy behind him, you know? I, this is America. This is the land of opportunity and possibility and fun. Anyway, I just... And Russia. I don't mean to be jumping all over the place, but... You remember me telling you about bus rides on the city bus going to my first day of school or second day of school in first grade? It's 10 cents to ride the bus. It was about a 20-minute ride, and it was a city bus that the school contracted with to get the students to and fro morning and afternoon. And it had advertisements up up near the ceiling, you know, running along the length of the bus. And one of the buses was Nikita Khrushchev, looking just as angry as you please, and the caption, we will bury you. And for a little, you know, six, seven-year-old kid, 
that's pretty scary shit to have that old fuck, you know, scowling down at you day after day, morning and afternoon for, you know, the, the nine months of the school year or whatever it was. But it turns out Russia is pretty much proceeding rather sharply and crisply and nicely to burying itself with the likes of Putin in charge. They've, they've become a pariah in many, you know, civilized parts of the world. You know, and they've got people rooting for him, you know, his inner circle and all that stuff. God, I would hate to be part of that group. You talk about dysfunctional groups and, and paranoid and suspicious and, you know, tea tasters and all that shit. Jesus. I couldn't live like that. I, I truly couldn't. But the thing's going to undo itself. Now, there is the bomb, Dimitri. You know, we've always, you know. You, you know, we've how? always talked about how maybe something could go wrong with the bomb, Dimitri. Somebody could go a little, well, you know. You know funny. Funny, yeah, well. You know, like funny in the head. <laughs> well, Dimitri, that. that's what happened. <laughs> and it wasn't General Jack D. Ripper. It was your guy, Dimitri. I mean, don't the people around him or a people around the people around him or somebody, for Christ's sake, don't they know that these are high stakes? Uh, well, yeah, they do, but that's the problem. There's nobody around him. Yeah, but there's, he's got his inner circle, doesn't he? I mean, his, the, people... the, the the reports that are coming out of Russia have him almost entirely isolated. It's just him and his bodyguard. Oh, Jesus. Well... And he's and and he's he, he's the, his paranoia is off the charts, and he's scared to death of getting sick because that's one you know that's one of the things that never really saw the light of day was how effective the uh, <laughs> those old cases of Putinka vodka that they repurposed into tiny little vials and said were a a, 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 a COVID vaccine worked. You okay, Scott? Sorry, I took a sip of coffee. I was going to say the said, coffee go down the wrong way, or did you, did you get the twenty, yeah. or did you get the twenty-four hour Rona? No, no, no. It, 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 the way that you said that, <laughs> and, and, the, and the way the coffee went down, it. <clears throat> oh, I'm convinced that's what the that's what the Russian COVID vaccine was. It was just old warehouse Putinka brand vodka that he turned around and forced the Russian government to purchase from him. And, Rebottled it and little and you know shooting it up. <clears throat> yeah. Well, he's. Did everybody do what I suggested for his seventieth birthday the other day? I'm sure that would have an effect. I said that everyone should send him a toe tag. Don't write anything on it. Just send him a toe tag. <laughs> a string off I love that. End, and maybe he would get the get the hint. I. I don't know. Well, I would like to think that there are people, if not around him at least in touch with those that he... Well, the people that he would talk to are not going to make any difference because they've got to be... They're all looking for... They've got those, those silly spy glasses that you used to see advertised in the back of comic books when you were a kid, you know, for a buck ninety-eight or two ninety-eight. They were sunglasses with little mirrors strategically placed so that you could see someone sneaking up on you. 
So I'm sure they're all waiting for a knife in the back. His, his quote, advisors. Hang on a year. Let me, let me. That's an old radio trick. Hit the button and just. Yes. Yeah. See, but you kind of defeat the purpose when you then come back and, 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 and recreate the moment. Well, I was illustrating just a small point of the magic of radio for the great unwashed masses. But one of the who, yeah, one of the things uh, one of the things that I find interesting is that the the hardcore warhawks in Mother Russia are now going after the military brass but they dare not say a word about Pootie. I think I think Pootie has kind of achieved Stalin-esque status because, you know, the knock can come on the door at the, the, the 3 o'clock in the morning, and the next thing you know, you fall out a window. Yeah. Well, it, uh, I, would not, uh, I would not trade places with him at this point because you know that somewhere... There are there are people who know how the game is played, who are, you know, readying their uh, readying their uh, 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 you know strategic uh, forces to either talk some sense into people a little further down the line to get a little uh, coup going or something. But then again, you don't know that his replacement is going to be any better or, or much worse. I, I just, you know, we kind of talked about this, or I did anyway, with you, uh, back when the invasion first took place, that you're kind of painted in a corner when you're dealing with the likes of Putin. And Russia, as a nation, in a lot of ways, has never gotten over its inferiority complex or whatever it is that causes them to feel downtrodden whether they are or not see it's it's okay to feel downtrodden when you're downtrodden but at, at long last have we no sense of reality or decency when are, when do people ultimately rise up i mean you look at iran you got uh, schoolgirls who are inspiring people working in the oil industry on the derricks or whatever those big structures are. And it's like a, a, a an organic thing of, of, of the critical mass being headed, hit when people say, fuck this shit, we've had enough of this. You and your silly religious headgear, you assholes. You know, and then reminding them what century it is, for fuck's sake. I, I don't know. I just maybe you caught me on the wrong day. No, I think I caught you on the right one. I mean, <sighs> oh, and and this this fool, uh, 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 Tuberville. Oh yeah, Tommy the Tuber. Yes. Oh, uh, you know, I hate to rehash yesterday, but God damn, you know, it's funny over the weekend. You've heard of the uh, PBS series American Experience, where they take an hour or two hours or sometimes three hours to talk about a person from history, whether it's in entertainment or sports or politics or whatever. Well, I was looking at a late, I think it was 1998 American Experience, experience uh, 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 program about George Corley Wallace, 
Who remembers Governor George Corley Wallace from Cleo, Alabama? Yeah, I do. Well, I'll bet you do. Um, he was, uh, Tuberville was basically channeling, and I saw it in the documentary of, of Wallace standing on the steps at a speech somewhere talking about, you know, they want what what we got and they're coming to get it. This is nothing new. Right. It, it, this, I mean, Tommy the Tuber is not only a racist, he's a plagiarist. Well, and not a very good one. I mean, yeah, it's all right to steal a nugget of an idea, but add something good to it. But, um, again, who are we talking We're about? We're talking here? about, I don't think you can add something to a good to a racist screed, Scott. Yeah, no. a, cho- a chocolate covered uh, uh, nugget from the. Uh, but, you know, box. one thing, it's interesting. I had the story earlier about how the House will likely censure Marjorie, uh, margin, marginal trailer queen for saying. Joe Biden is Hitler. How about the set? And and that's something she didn't say. You know, she didn't say it on the floor of the House. She didn't say it in any official capacity. She said it on social media. Well, how about the Senate take up the issue of the, the of the vicious racism of one of its own members and censure his ass? Do I win a plush toy if I guess, guess which member on this on the Republican side in the Senate? I are we talking about? No, the Democrats. The Democrats have the majority. Yeah, but but oh wait, would it be? You think it would be Curtsy and Kirsten, or would it be uh, Joe to the Mansion born, who would say that? Uh, oh, we've got to have more civility than that. We can't censure a man for his well, free speech. It's kind of looking at the wrong place when you're depending on the House or the Senate to get anything of of consequence. But the House got it done. They've already censured her once. They're going to do it again. Well, what does that really entail? Unless it involves duct tape and putting her her in a room with no uh, devices. Putting her in a round room and telling her to pee in the corner? Yeah. Yeah, Well, it doesn't really – there's no lasting effect, and I don't want to – as, as idiotic as anybody could possibly be, they've got a right to express themselves, even if they're crazier than a fucking loon. Uh, but in her case, I mean, yeah, okay, so she's out, she's on the, she's in the penalty box for 10 minutes. She's ultimately going to get out, and she's going to be angrier and crazier than she was before she went in. Well, no, if the House, if the House can, if the Democrats can maintain control of the House, she won't. She she was. She st- she'll still be a woman without a committee. They'll do it to her all over again. No, wait a minute. You're an intelligent human being. Do you honestly think that she's there to to to, to behave in any responsible way in in the U.S. House of Representatives? Hell no. No, she she's she, she's she's a bomb thrower. She's there. To, yeah. She's there to make money. Yeah. And 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 increase her uh, influence, so-called. So I mean, she uh, that would free her up. She would she would want to not be on any committees because nothing further would be required of her. Well, I mean, that's where she is now. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm kind of getting at. I just don't. Um, I don't see a lot of people because they won't come around because I do go on, but. You get what I mean. I, I'm just saying that it, it um, 
we're we're looking for solutions and answers that are more cosmetic than anything. Yeah, do we make a point? Yeah, did it mean anything or do anything in the long run? Eh, don't know. Maybe not. Maybe so, but maybe not. I, I just and I hate to be. I hate to be uh, pessimistic or realistic about it, but God damn, I, 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 if, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon, but I would like to think then when it, when it is my time to shuffle off this mortal coil and go out of this world, that some little effort that I did or some negative thing that I didn't do will have left the place in somewhat better shape than the way I found it. And I'm, the, you know, the, <clears throat> those prospects seem to be diminishing with each passing day, and we're still 28 days away from finding out, you know, which way you're going, Billy, you know, like the old uh, song goes. I, I, I'm not feeling confident, I, is what I'm saying, and I, maybe I'm on the ledge and I need for you to talk me off it. I may start smoking again. That's how bad it's gotten. No, no don't you do know? that. Don't do that. No, that that's out. <laughs> But do you get what I mean? It's like it, 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 there's only so much that each of us can do, and we do it, and we play by the rules, and we, you know, we call out madness when we see it or experience it firsthand. But it never seems to cause any meaningful transformation. I just I don't even like to refer to it as change, because change is rearrangement of an existing uh, uh, set of circumstances and options. Transformation seems to me to be the better goal because there, there's some organic thing that occurs through transformation that that impacts the very nature of what you're dealing with and the tools you have to deal with what you're dealing with. I don't know, maybe that's too esoteric or, or, or you know, artsy-fartsy or something, but I, I really think change is not the answer. Transformation... And maybe that happens in people's well, I mean, change, hearts. Their... Look, change can be for the better or for the worse. You're looking for, yeah, you are looking for transformation. You're looking for positive movement forward. Or evolution would even be a good, and I know there's people that don't believe in that either. Well, so. no, 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 but ev evolution, evolution really doesn't work because evolution does not have... Evolution is neither positive nor negative. It's just change for change's sake, and the changes that make one more likely to survive are the ones that stay. That's why there are no short-necked giraffes. All right. Does that make sense? Oh, no, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, ev ev evolution is a force, but it is a neutral force. So, no, I think uh, yeah, maybe it's just more of a... More of a mouthful than we're willing to say, but no, it it needs to it needs to be positive, yeah, positive reformation, reformation. Yeah. And and I'm sure I can't be alone in my feeling that sometimes it is just so frustrating that you know you're on the right track as a person, you've done the work across the span of your years. To, to improve and enhance and evolve and transform. And you seem to be surrounded by 
people for whom that is not even part of the conversation, and whether it has come uh, as a result of crazy talk radio and television, or whether it has come as a result of crazy talk uh, of politicians, or whether it has come as a result of crazy talk people in their own lives, wherever it's come from, they're, they're not even on that playing field, never mind having the requisite uh, set of pieces to play the game if they were on the board. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, it's just a frustration that I've beaten my head against the fucking wall all my life in any way that I could to affect change and transformation and growth and evolution and, and, and reformation, all this, all of these worthy things. And yet here we are, here we sit. And yes, there has been progress, but it's not sure enough, fast enough or lasting enough for my taste. And what is the person to do? That's, I guess, what the bottom line question is. I hang on, strap in, right? Well, yeah, I guess you, I guess you have to. You got to keep showing up. <clears throat> and I, I, I do show up to the extent that I, I can. But it's like farting against thunder sometimes. Yes, my little contribution is audible. It is measurable. If your equipment is sensitive enough. But it just doesn't have the decibelage. No, and compared to thunder, only I hear it. And, and I mean, I, I, I well, anyways. No, I, I, I get you. I, I do. I don't mean to bring the thing to a screeching halt here, but God damn. Well, no, you know, I, I mean, I don't think you're saying anything other people aren't thinking. I mean... I had a, uh, you know, I had a little reflective moment while I was down south. A lot of my classmates who were there were, like me, in utero during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And lo and behold, there we were, 41 and a half years later. And that stuff does and, occur. You know, and, uh, you know, wondering if the nuclear balloon's going to go up. Well, and you you posed this this uh, question or or a thought yesterday of children who who uh, the children who were in utero during a time of great stress and uncertainty for their mothers back in October of sixty two that there are there are outside forces whether it's smoking or drinking or just stress to the human being uh, in this case the expectant mother that do have a biochemical, they know this already, that it does have a biochemical impact upon the child that is eventually brought into the world. It does affect their wiring, I guess is what I'm saying. And if you were in a room of people who were all in the same boat, did you all compare notes in any meaningful way or was it not that type of gathering? about how life turned out, because that's the funny thing. With 40 years ago, you were probably wondering, it was in the misty, uh, uh, haze, hazy future that, that came into your imagination of what would it be like 40 years from now. And here you are now, 40 years from then. How did, how did it turn out, and what, what conclusions can you make? 
Well, you got to remember when I was graduating high school, um, Ronald Reagan had just taken the oath of office. I mean, my last semester was Ronald Reagan's first few months in office. Oh, God. And I was thoroughly convinced that shit. I might might not even might not even see graduation, let alone four years of college. And for the people who scoffed, I mean, he was that, he was he was terrifying. He was really yes. nuts. Yes, it's hard to convey that to people who weren't there. I mean, we started calling him Ronnie Reagan early. Well, that's that's one of the reasons I left the D.C. area around that time, Robin. Born and raised there, okay. And I'm thinking, well, if it does come to pass of of, of just the final battle, you know DC's right there as one of the prime targets. I'm getting the hell out of here. So I go to Kansas City, okay, thinking, well, out here in the middle of nowhere, nobody's I don't mean to disparage Kansas City, but relatively speaking, how big a target could it be? And then two years later or a year later, the day after movie comes and on. And you find uh, out that you're surrounded. I find out that old thing that Paul Harvey used to say, you can run, but you can't hide, is based in reality, you know? Yeah. And those were, I mean, people who weren't around then. But but these are things people uh, seldom think about. Unfortunately, we're not the people who seldom think about it. We think about these things a lot because we're thinky people. Uh, Where I was for the reunion... 18 miles from what, at least when I was young, was the largest nuclear reactor in the United States. What was that? I'm trying to Browns Ferry. Yes, I've heard of it. And we didn't run around thinking, you know, that thing, that thing, that thing, that thing could melt down, you know. And a few years later, it got perilously close to disaster because some genius was looking for gas leaks, you know, safety, you know, looking for gas leaks with a candle. Oh, my God. And found one. (laughs) How did he know? Kablooey! (laughs) Jesus. And, and, you know, there, there are signs, if you bother to pay attention, when you get out on the road, and it says Browns Ferry Nuclear Emergency Escape Route. So is that what the, caused them to close it down? Or no, no, it's still a going concern. Oh, it's still around. Oh, geez. Well, it's good to, good to see that people have learned from um, from the the breadcrumbs and hints that life's that life puts down. No, them. now now it's an entirely different crisis. Uh, they have in the last few years had to shut down from time to time. Because the water in the Tennessee River, the Great Tennessee River, the Great Big Tennessee River, the water in the Tennessee River gets too hot to be useful for cooling. For cooling, yeah. The rods. Do they occasionally catch any of them two-headed fish down there out of that river? (laughs) Oh, you mean the Homer Simpson fish? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but you know what I mean. There's, you know. And one of the reasons I came to one of the reasons I decided to go ahead and just put down roots in West Virginia, you know, like a you know, like a stalk of corn or something, uh, is because there are no nuclear power plants in West Virginia. 
None. And then I found out about mountaintop removal. <laughs> found out the coal's at the found out that the coal is actually radioactive. Of course it is, as are many things that you pull out of the depths of the fucking earth. And, you know, then found out that I was breathing ultra-fine particulates that, uh, you know, my body couldn't defend against. Have you ordered brochures to find out the next place to go to? <laughs> or have you pretty I mean, much landed upon no, the it's, I mean, it's, it's New Zealand, but I'm too old. I mean, they won't have me. And hi, Jimmy. Nowhere... We have a listener in New Zealand. Did you know that? Really? I'm going to say hi to Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. What? I wonder what time it is over there today, or was it yesterday, or is it tomorrow? No, it's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, already, Jimmy already <laughs> has the lottery numbers, and he never he's never willing to give them to me. I'll be damned. Oh, let's see. Yeah, okay. There's a, uh, world do, you have a ma- do you have a map on the studio wall with pushpins where people are from? Used to. I don't now. Let's see. What time is it in New Zealand? Oh, wait a minute. I've got an app on my phone. I'm I'm already there. I'm already there. Oh, okay. It's uh, 11.49 a.m. tomorrow. We're we're middays, Scott. We're middays in Auckland. Hey, I always wanted to. In Christchurch. Always. Wanted to do middays, you know? Yeah, I, I didn't. I felt like I never had the vibe for it. No, nah, you got to be laid back, and the emphasis is more on the music than the, you know, the, the honking and, and, noise yeah, of and, mornings. And, 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 you know, you got to have the, you know, hey, we got the lunch special today. It's all Grateful Dead during your lunch hour today, friends. <laughs> my, my challenge was always... Uh, you know, when I did the midnight shift, which I loved. By the way, uh, I said I knew somebody would get the reference to wearing ambush and a French twist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we've got a cowbell for Dave number 11, uh, who promptly responded, um, I hope you do have a dugout that your dad built. And I wrote back, in case the Reds decide to push the button down. Funny how that's no longer ironic. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, but no, it's uh, no. I, when I did midnights, the funny thing was, you know, you had to be up and parky for you know whoever it was that was working the midnight shift with you, because they were there. Believe me. Oh yes, they were, and they would call and talk. Um, and but then five o'clock in the morning comes, and technically, you're part of the morning drive team even though it's your last hour. Yeah. So you have to change your entire approach because the ad rotation comes in heavier. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've, you've got to, you know, hey, good morning. Who's ready to go to work? All rise and shine. It's cold out there. How yeah. cold is it? <laughs> uh- uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, so cold. The brass monkeys were banging on the doors in higher voices. Yes, the well diggers. Yes, indeed. I, I did. And, and I now just, that and now that I might have use for one, honest to God, I can't find that brass bra anywhere. Like a Wonder Woman 
kind of affair, or who was was Wonder Woman that had the? No, no, you know the old saying: "Colder than a witch's tit in a brass bra." No, I never knew the brass bra type, type part. I knew the witch's tit, upper frontal. It's what we used to call them on the radio. As a matter of fact, I used to say that on, during some of those winter weather forecasts. It's going to be. Put your upper frontals under the quilt tonight, kids, because it's colder than, and let them figure it out. Oh, and by the <laughs> way, Browns Ferry is no longer the largest nuclear power uh, nuclear reactor. It is now the Palo Verde Generating Station, um, uh, approximately 55 miles west of downtown Phoenix, near the community of Wintersburg, Arizona. Nuclear Wintersburg! Um, <laughs> and uh, that comes via... Horn Ad Hoc Research Department member Lee in New York. Did you ever see that, uh, and you can probably find it on YouTube, and I think can't think of the name of the place, but it was in, was it the late 50s or early 60s? It was in California. I think it was in fairly close proximity to the Los Angeles area, and it was a nuclear plant that somehow... Somehow salt, sodium, figured into the the cooling of it or was used as some sort of safety factor. And there was some sort of hellacious accident. So I'm sure somebody will know what I'm referring to. But it, it, it had to do with the fact that the place was not designed correctly. And, and the, the, the science that was used to design it was just way off. So that you don't have nuclear uh, uh, plants that are designed that way anymore. And I wish I could remember the name of the thing, but it was it was a quote. But prior to Three Mile Island, it was the biggest nuclear accident event that we had uh, experienced in this country, and it was well within easy driving distance of anywhere in in uh, Los Angeles. I, I can't think of the name of the place, and it's just I haven't had enough coffee yet. But you get what I mean. It, uh, and yet we we keep building these things. Does anyone not remember Fukushima? Isn't that the the J- Japanese thing yeah, that got the a core on the whammy? floor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it just it astounds me that we that we don't learn. Along the way, and I guess that goes back to the political part of the conversation that we were having earlier. It just, you know, again, it's that frustration of we. A lot of us have come pretty far and have seen a lot of history when it was when it was current events, thinking that maybe we'll get our wretched acts together, and we don't seem to ever manage. We do sometimes we don't seem to even try, you know. Yeah. Which is, you know, I I hear the the talking heads on television gearing up for what happens on the first Tuesday after a Monday in November, and normally that would excite me and enthuse me and give me some sense of, <clears throat> you know, the, the the prospect for blessed relief or whatever. But I'm thinking. <clears throat> what has happened to my voice? Wait a minute. No adjustment to your set is necessary. But you get what I mean. It's it just, it, it, it's and it's not a place I like being in. 
I really it's no, it's 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 upsetting. Well, it it's just it's more than upsetting; it's frustrating. And I know that a certain amount of frustration is necessary to operate in the human condition, but it seems like it's relentless. And maybe it's my own fucking fault for paying attention to shit. Maybe I need to be one of the, you know, the know-nothings or the numbskulls, just making my way day by day. Well, Brendan, Brendan has our answer. It was the Enrico Fermi fast breeder reactor near Detroit. It used liquid sodium as coolant. Well, the, I know that there were others, but this one actually was in the L.A. area, up in the mountains somewhere. And it could have been a horrific thing had the thing gone full tilt boogie in the wrong direction. Oh, yes. I, I, yeah, but yeah, the, and that's why they changed them. I don't now. The nearest one to me was um, in the D.C. area growing up. Was on the chest. It was on the chest. It was it was it got its coolant cooling uh, water from the Chesapeake Bay and it was south of south east I guess it would be about 40 50 miles from DC Calvert Calvert Cliffs I think was the name of it and I don't know it was it was one of the more modern ones I mean it wasn't that old design so thankfully there's that but Three Mile Island wasn't one of the what was Chernobyl well, that was a Russian built thing. They're, but that was also you, that was also a matter of, of a techno, of a technology failure that it had been covered up. Yeah, did you ever see that HBO miniseries Chernobyl? Yeah, I did, and it was it was chilling. Yeah, yeah, it was chilling and heartbreaking. Right. I, yeah, and they're looking for fall guys, you know, because the higher ups don't want to take any responsibility for their obvious failures. And when was that? I mean, how little changes is what I'm, is the thrust of my sermon today. It's like the more things, who said it? The more things change, the more they remain the same. Oh, and we have another answer from, uh, uh, from George. Um, thanks, George. Uh, Scott, it was the Santa Susana Field Lab. Yes. We live downwind about five miles away. PBS has a documentary called In the Dark of the Valley. Yeah, that may be the show that I saw. Yeah. Uh, don't watch it before bedtime because you won't sleep. But, yeah, that's how. And by, that and, and, and by, by the way, I need you to know, I, I need you to know how irrepressible you are and how irrepressible other members of the Horn Family Communication Horn Family Community Congregation are because way back when you were <laughs> way back when you were meditating on the nature of change Dave number 11 wrote and said try to get change out of this damn vending machine <laughs> writing lines for scott now okay i'll steal a line from tom seaborn change is inevitable except from a vending machine yeah or the the guy that uh, goes up to the uh the sidewalk uh, hot dog vendor and orders no 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 it's, it's the, the, no the, it's uh, i think i know where you're going tell me if i'm wrong no the dalai lama 
walk yes. the Dalai Lama walks up to a hot dog stand and says, "Make me one with everything." Yes, and then gives the guy a twenty, and the, and the, and the Dalai Lama says, "What about my change?" And the hot dog vendor says, "Ah, Dalai Lama, change comes from within." So, <laughs> okay. Anyway, Jesus, we're going that direction now. The bad you may jokes. just you may as well take the striker out of the bill. Well, it's my turn because well, yeah, it, no, it, it's it's funny. It's funny though because i i should have I should have taken that to the reunion with me because back in the day, um, the the uh, across the street from the high school was nothing but this huge field. It was empty, and so uh, our our hated rivals across town at Coffee High School uh, would accuse us of being you know rubes and. You know, going to school in a barn because the auditorium had kind of a barn-like shape. Yeah. And so we were, and so the kids <laughs> responded by bringing cowbells to the football games. Oh man, that would have been great. It was deafening. Yeah. They were quickly they were qu- quickly outlawed. <laughs> but the funny oh, thing I'm is, sure. the field is gone now, and it's just little little McMansions. Not even McMansions. You know, they're they're single family dwellings. You know. But they probably go for two hundred thousand bucks a piece at least, and they're crammed right on top of each other. Oh, that's the California look. Yeah, I need. And I know you. I need a yard. I mean, it 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 ain't much, but it's my acre here, and it's an acre. Yeah. I need so, to find. So, I need to find somebody with a brush hog. Getting back to the reunion, I know yes. you probably were able to visit with people with whom you were closer back in those perilous days. And being a reunion and a celebratory event, maybe people didn't get into heavy conversations. But what was your sense of where people were or are now in in today's world compared with your outlooks and and, and sense of things way well, back I don't, then? You know, I, I didn't overtly ask anybody their politics, but probably a lot of Republicans down there, but I didn't, you know, I, everybody was just as sweet as could be. Yeah. It was beautiful. Lovely. Uh, and, you know, back then, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of just mainstream. I was not of it. Um, but it, We had, I think we had as good a time as we had because absolutely no one was political, including me. We didn't talk religion and we didn't talk politics. And we had a freaking blast. Well, and maybe that was the way to to go. I mean, by the way, this is the other thing I wanted to ask you. In that American experience uh, thing about George Corley Wallace, he was referred to in his early days in politics as an Alabama liberal. He was. You, he absolutely well, but, was. But what is different about an Alabama liberal than liberals elsewhere? That's what that was my question. Um well like you know, an, an Alabama Al- guy or there was a lot yeah, I mean he had uh, but you know because of the racism and everything he had to demonstrate a distrust of the federal government, which is, I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican, you have to mumble something like that about that all over the Confederacy. Oh, yeah. oh I don't trust the federal government. 
but you know, he did some liberal things. And I know it's anathema to say that. He was as racist as the day is long. But he's a compl- he's a complicated character. And he was very much he was very much a populist. Um he introduced the idea of free textbooks for public school t- students where the yeah. school system would buy the books and every- because you know one of the th- one of the things that was used to keep people from being educated that the 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 that the well well healed didn't want educated was to make sure that they could not afford to buy their textbooks and so when i entered when i entered school in first grade i never knew anything other than my textbooks were there and they were assigned to us at the beginning of the year, and we turned them back in at the end of the year. But that was unheard of. Yeah, that wasn't always the case. And and, like, and, and, a- and, and the, the, the first grade class that I entered, it was just normal and natural to us that we went to everybody went to the same school. You know, I mean, there was no segregation was done. There was no black elementary school and white elementary school. We all went to school together. And I think the proof was in the pudding in that regard in that, you know, this reunion, um, everybody interacted like they'd known each other forever, which they had. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and and I, was, and I was amazed. I mean, I came away. I'd always known that I got a, you know, I, I always amazed people. Well, I went to public school in Alabama, and they expected me to have trouble tying my shoelaces. But I talked to people who were NASA engineers. Uh, I, I talked to people who, um, lots of science and technology, because long before STEM was a thing, this school was known for promoting the sciences, but we also promoted the arts. Well, and a lot of that, I, I'm sure, came out of well, what would have been 20 years earlier, a little over 20 years earlier, in the era of Sputnik, when when a concerted effort was made to bring science and mathematics into the American uh, uh, approach to education, so that you would have people who could compete on that basis technologically with the dreaded uh, red menace. Yes, and and where where uh, in that was what in Florence. Yeah, where you came yeah. up? Where was that in relation to uh, the place where the army installation, where the early rocketry was done? That von Braun was—I uh, uh, can't think of the name of it. Uh, Redstone Arsenal is that? Yeah, no. that's, that's seventy-two miles to the east in Huntsville. Okay, Huntsville. That's I couldn't think. of And the name there was of the tremendous place. industrial development in the Tennessee Valley as a result of the Tennessee Valley Authority cheap electricity. So all kinds of and, – and that's part of the reason the place I grew up was so special is because it drew in really intelligent people from all over the country. Um, my, my, one of my best friends in high school was uh, the son of an engineer at, uh, at the International Fertilizer Development Center or something, and they came from Vermont or Connecticut. Um, I had so it was fr- kind of a melting pot. It absolutely was. I had I had I had several friends who had come from Wisconsin. One of my best friends was uh, family came from uh, Michigan to work at Ford. 
and so you had this 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 melting pot that wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be amenable to just standard old school old style southern politics and by the way check your uh, check your email can you check your email while we're talking yeah i can I, i'm an old dj i can multitask well you're going to see an old dj oh oh wait a minute oh dear wait a minute Wait just a minute. I know we're is talking about a, we're talking about a photograph on the radio. We're dancing about architecture now. Is that a duck's ass? I see. <laughs> is that a, the the beginnings of a mullet? I <laughs> no, it's just my hair curled at the back. If I didn't keep it cut all the way down. Uh huh. But you know the new the, the you know the newsy hat and yeah. And I remember that, and I remember that gray sweatshirt. Uh, those Greek fisherman hats. That's sort of what. That's more of a cab driver type cap. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, that's more of a cabby cap. Although I, ha- I would like. I had a Greek fisherman's hat. Yeah, I left mine in a bar years ago. But that was a staged photo. Um, the the other guy that's in there is long since uh, passed away. But wonder what the record on the turntable was. Oh, it was probably Jesus. This is Jimmy, or there, or, <laughs> or some, or something by the Happy Goodman family. I can see it was. It looks to be a forty-five, or maybe that. No, that's a thirty-three. Not, that's a thirty-three, that, okay. and that's a Q, and that's a QRK turntable. Is that uh, a record from the Oral Roberts Record Company? Because those didn't sell because the hole kept yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a stud. Yeah, give me a give me a break. Give me a break. Well, you're not getting a cowbell. No, I don't want a cowbell. But yeah, I I uh, God, the early days. But I, I, I saw that, and, and you see, you see, you see. You, do, do you see my uh, uh, do you see my uh, ad log there sitting there in front of me? That's yeah. It, yeah, is that the program log? Yeah, that's the program log. You see the, oh, look at that! Look at that Spartomatic uh, yeah, card yeah. machine. Yeah, ah, the first card I ever played was on one of those. You're going to have to post this in the uh, on your Facebook so people <laughs> can see what the hell we're talking about. And and the most hilarious part of this is that when I saw it in the newspaper, I was like, "What's a picture of Ferg doing in here?" Yeah, well, see, he I, he looks. I mean, oh my God. At the same now, age, yeah. Who is the dude uh, to your right there? Uh, looks like he's on the phone taking requests. Uh, his air name was Steve Chapman. Steve Chapman. And he became a bit of a he became a bit of a phenomenon in in uh, radio in Arizona, the Greater okay. Phoenix area. Quite successful. In fact, uh, late nineties, I was talking. I reestablished contact with him and said. How hard would it be for me to get back in now? Not, I mean, not like looking for a job. It's like, how much has it huh. changed? He's oh, it's changed a lot. Oh, yeah. But it's still now, did, it's still the same gig. It's still, oh, there's a lot going on down here. <laughs> did the uh, now see? This is one of the things that I ran into. I see this the analog studio clock on the wall there. Absolutely. So, uh, maybe it was just places I worked, and the guy was too cheap to buy a decent clock. But the clocks never kept good time. Somebody, it was like the same guy that had to change the ribbon in the AP or the UPI machine was also in charge of resetting the clock. And I don't know how he got the. Oh no, there time. there were rules there. 
Uh, I could change the paper, but I would not touch the ribbon and do not touch the clock. We had a, we 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 had an, the our engineer, our first class license holder, was the first class license holder for just about every radio station in the area. Yeah, and there were a and bunch of them, and he had an ownership interest in all of them. Oh, I'm sure. And the board um, was Gates. You can't see it in the photo. The board was a Gates, and that's the that's the board that caught fire one night. Oh, good. <laughs> while I was on air. Yeah, that's uh, that'll uh, that'll pucker you up to have a major disaster in the Syria. Didn't it, it oh, smelled God. expensive, and I think it was. Yeah. Well, and see, I I. Uh, those, yeah, the, I, I'm trying to think, because by the time I got back into it, in the in the uh, late '70s into the '80s, the ch- the change it had made from rotary pots to slider pots. It was like the transporter room on the Enterprise. Yeah, with those little, uh, you half expected people to materialize. In no, the I, lo- I love I love the faders and. And uh, yeah, this but this was a, this was a gates with a knot with knobs, and you know you had you had you had your little click cue area so that you could yeah. cue up your record. And... and there was one that I always admired in the catalog that had oh, oh the, the gear slut catalog. Yes, the, uh, the some of the pots had a a, a metal or metallic looking insert. And some of them were red, and some of them were blue. Do you do you do you remember? I do. I, I don't remember yeah. who the, who the ma- manufacturer was, but oh, that now, was by the, that by was the time I, by the time case. I graduated up to the last station I worked at in that area, we had a we had a board with faders. Yeah. Over on the FM side, you know, for the music, but you know, and, on, and on the AM the side, same. on the AM news talk side, it was still it was still a, it was still a Gates with 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 pods. And I remember fucking turntables, which were floor models. In other words, they had uh, cab- cabinetry underneath of them, big old honking turntables. I think they were RCA, some of them, that had uh, the, a, a green felt turntable pad that would accommodate a 16-inch transcription disc, if you can imagine that, with a tone arm big enough to beat a man half to death okay <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what i'm talking about i do i do you've probably seen pictures of these things and there was a certain method that you had to use when you when you turn the power on to the turntable there was a certain back turn that you had to do to the record so that if you if you weren't doing a slip cue yes. where if you turn the power on it would have to get up to speed by a certain length so that you wouldn't wow the record in <laughs> yeah well on on the turntable on the qrk there do you do you see the do you see the knob for changing the speed of the uh yeah, the, wait, wait a minute i i well where's okay yeah i think so well i see the tone arm is and then over there toward the center the, there's the knob where you change from 33 to 45 was it one of those gear shift sort of arrangements yeah, or was it yeah. a knob yeah, it was a gear shift. It probably only did 45s and 33s. This thing was so old that it did... Um... 78? Uh-huh. 
my God. That's a wimpy tone arm. I, if I'm going to use a tone arm, I'm Well, I mean, I can... it was a gospel radio station. The money wasn't exactly rolling in. I want a tone arm that you could tenderize bad beef. And right in, and, and right in front and right in right in front of me is the uh, the the room with like the the musical the microphones and the music where they you know have the singings on Sunday. God, I hated working Sunday mornings. I hated it. Was there piano in the studio? Damn right. Ah, it was an upright. It was an uh, it was an upright, and it was you know it had a boom mic sticking into the into the cabinet. <laughs> and there there was reverb. The, the reverb was preset on the mic for the preaching because the preacher liked to have some reverb on him. Oh yeah, because it gives you a sense of uh, a heavenly ambiance. <laughs> and, and he would come in on Sunday mornings. And start and, and and start his sermon, and you know, and I'm sitting there in the studio, and I give him the four, three, two, one, you know, and point, and he'd start to preach, and and I'm I was really uncomfortable, Scott, because nobody was listening. No, his own congregation wasn't listening. He was paying for the privilege of doing this and saying he was on the radio. And I was a captive audience, so I was the one who got preached at. Yeah, did it take? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> well, I guess not. And I was just look, looking at look at the guns on that kid. Yeah, that's a, that was working out back then. My, <laughs> I I just. Uh... I just and I, and and oh and by the and by the phone cord there's another sheet of paper that's my request list. I guarantee you, Jesus, this is Jimmy and Beulah Land is on there. <laughs> I you're taking me back. I just uh, I I just that was an it's it was from a time that doesn't exist anymore from a radio that doesn't exist anymore. I, you know, and it's kind of sad when you think about it. It, it truly, truly is. Now, have we lost everyone with this foray down old? Oh, probably a long time ago. Well, no, we didn't mean to, folks. Come back, come back. Feel like uh, Glenda the Good Witch urging the munchkins out of the, the foliage. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Aye, aye, aye. Anyway. Well, I, have I gone on long enough? I did. I didn't mean to go have this happen, but you know how we interact. Yeah, what well, we do, and sometimes it's just. I mean that that I just I love that old radio. That 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 I I had forgotten that photo existed, and it was really touching to see Chapman again. And and the thing is, we had to stage that photo that way because he was about a foot shorter than me. And so you, now, <laughs> if we. And, and there was only one chair, so I sat. He's he's not sitting. He's standing. He's standing? Yes. Well, how high up is the board? I can't, Or he must be a vertically challenged uh, That's human. what I said. He was about a – he was every bit of a foot shorter than me, and I was, you know, I was six feet at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe 5'2". Well, I know little radio people like that. I've known them. 
Now, did you say this was a combo, an AM and an FM? No, it was it was just an FM back then. It, it was, oh. was 106.3, and they're still broadcasting that way, but they moved to better digs. Yeah. This was on Main Street in Tuscumbia. Uh, it was a two-story walk-up and smelled like old radio station. Yeah, <laughs> you know that, that smell, that, right? There is a distinctive uh, aroma wafting through the halls. Did they? Did you have the double doors, the airlock uh, studio doors? Oh yes. God, that is that is truly a thing of the past. Because uh, WPIK seven three zero on your AM dial was my local station in Alexandria when I was coming up. I think it came on the air in like nineteen forty eight or something, and it was one of those places that had the main studio a production studio with a little piano. It wasn't an upright. It was actually, it was like a baby grand and had a production room or two and a news booth. And it was like everything you want in local hometown radio of that era. Never worked there, but I knew people who did and used to hang out there. And then later they brought the, the student, they had an FM that was licensed to Woodbridge if you know where Woodbridge, I Virginia do. is, uh, WXRA, which uh, played country, and they worked it out somehow where you could have a, a studio for your FM, even though the FM was in another jurisdiction, another license to another place. So they had the FM studio, but the 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 FM station itself still lived in Woodbridge. And I don't know how they got the, uh, the the stuff from the XRA studio adjacent to the WPIK's uh, studio down there, maybe microwave or phone line or some sort of thing. But it was the new board also. It's just like you were talking about the old board in the, on the AM where there weren't no money or billing was, uh, you know, probably there when they built the place. The new one was a brand new RCA board. From the 70s. Oh, those were sexy. Oh, God, they were hot. With the new RCA logo, we have lost them. If I'm talking about fucking corporate logo redesigns, we have lost them. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, well, see, we we just got a kind of a warning (laughs) shot across the bow from Lee in New York who said, old radio broadcast tech, stop me before I start talking about programming with punch cards. Oh, dear. Oh, but but uh, I'm happy to report that uh, Haley in Arkansas, Haley said, "You didn't lose me." Haley lo- Haley loves her some ra- some some broadcasting. Well, and broadcasting needs love. I think, and they say that AM and FM are dead or dying or will be soon, but they've been saying that for years. Well, you know, one of the things that I do when I travel is I. You know, sometimes I tell that Australian girl in my phone that I want to hear a particular song. But a lot of the times, I just hit the scan button on my radio until I find a signal that intrigues me. And, you know, most of it's voice tracking now. But there are still some pretty eclectic pl- playlists. The, the the playlist down in uh, my hometown at a station I used to work for, work for uh 
has absolutely, I mean, oh, my God. Uh, I'm trying to think. What did I hear? Um, God, it's like I heard ACDC, and, 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 and it was backed with uh, Sister Sledge and We Are Family. Oh, dear. That, well, that's quite the segue. <laughs> not <laughs> put me into the median i'm sensitive to that kind of stuff and every and now and then, every now and then and you and you uh uh and every every now and then you'll run across especially on the am dial somebody actually jocking live and you can tell it's live yeah oh and haley just haley just asked a question she said uh did any of those Sunday morning preachers ever look look hung over? Every one of them. Oh yeah. Every damn one of them. And how early in the morning? What would that have been? Because doesn't he have services? Or was it during the week? Well, I would. We'd go on the air at six because we powered down. It. You know, I mean, we didn't just power down. We powered off at night. Yeah. Uh, and I would come in and fire up the transmitter and take all the readings and be had to be on air at 6. WBTG now begins another broadcast day. WBTG is owned by Slatton & Associates Broadcasting Incorporated and broadcast at a frequency of 106.3 megahertz. As assigned by the Federal, As assigned by the Federal Communication Commission. Exactly. Yes. Don't forget that because right. back in those regulated days, you still had to do that shit. But the fact that I can still repeat it, okay? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and you never I'd, get. I'd get. I'd get on there. <laughs> I, I. I would have already pulled my rip and read. I'd run my news sounder, read the news, do a couple of P- PSAs, pray a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> and probably by like six thirty, the preacher would show up. Wonder what, what was the name of his little broadcast? Because there. Are, all of them are very catchy, you know. The uh, but the uh, the funny thing was, we you know we they 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 made money by selling time to, you know, preachers who would mail in cassettes, and at least oh, with like, those, uh, I just popped it into the player and potted it up, and you know, took a nap. Oh, and that, there was money to be made in that. Did you run Oliver B. Green out of? Uh, Somewhere down in South Carolina, and J. Vernon McGee, back to the Bible. And- J. Vernon McGee, yeah. <laughs> but the one that I remembered the most, because he was absolutely the the most insane, was, um, and and the thing is, they now have an entire radio network empire. You know the Amer- the American Family Association of Tupelo, Mississippi, because Tupelo ain't that far from Tuscumbia. And 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 they ha- and 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 it was it was Donald Wildman. Oh yes, yes. And he would he would go he would he would, he'd start his bro- uh, uh, we'd start his tape, and he would be calling down a Jeremiad and fire and brimstone on Warner Brothers cartoons. Because uh, the characters weren't wearing pants, the animator. Well, I mean, Porky Pig didn't have pants, but uh, but he he objected to the violence that we are teaching our children to adopt as their own. Uh, you know, there's anvils falling out of the sky and pianis and whatnot. For real, I mean, he was sincere and yes. true when he. Yeah, was... it wasn't a bit. He was, it, and 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 he built his empire on hating cartoons. 
I mean, he was he was he was like the Christopher Lloyd Judge character in uh, in, in in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I believe he or one of his adherents was one of was the person driving with his kid who supposedly heard the Pacifica station in New York playing George Carlin's Seven Dirty Words during the noontime broadcast. Now, I don't think it was Wildman, but it did. It... Well, Car- I think Carlin says that it is. Huh. In the interviews that I've seen, or maybe he meant that it was his organization. But, but yeah, that- so many, so many of these right wing POSs now, who have done so much to ruin, uh, ruin the country, are working out of there. And and American Family Radio, I've heard it. Not, well, I've heard it in Alabama. I've heard it in Mississippi. I've heard it in Talabandiana. I well, I know Dave in the Blind has heard it. What is the one that that uh, Dobson? Uh, is that, no, that was that, that was focus on the family out of uh, Colorado Springs, uh, Colorado. Yeah, there's always family mixed into it. They in their title in their uh, and it's in it's, their a, it's a it's a great hustle because it's tax free. Oh, of course. And then you know you you, you move forward in time, and I mean I, I I know you and I have just been nerding on radio, but there's a point to all of this, Scott, and that is. The right wing got its 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 hooks in our country through operations like this, so that eventually you get Tony Norman, yes, Mother Bates Perkins of the American Family of, 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 of I'm sorry of of, of uh, Two Blue Mississippi and and then he, the Family Research Council. Yeah, again with the family, right and. He began that hustle literally with an with a mailing list that he bought from David Duke, the Grand Dragon of the Clan. Yeah. Yeah, and back in the uh in the 60s going into the early 70s, there was a guy from Cape May, New Jersey who used to run a program on the local AM daytimer a religious radio station licensed to Falls Church, Virginia, just outside of D.C., WFAX. Carl McIntyre and the 20th Century Reformation Hour. I guess there wasn't room on the stationery to squeeze family in on that. But his deal was he was anti-UN. The UN is going to take this country to hell. And Winning in Vietnam was his big deal as well. And I met Carl McIntyre at a march. I went to one of his marches just to see who would turn out and met one of my high school teachers there who was there for pretty much the same reason I was, to gawk at him just out of morbid curiosity of what sort of people show up to this thing. And by God, we saw him. And I had a lady on my uh, Washington Post paper route who was a big fan of Carl McIntyre, and that's probably where I heard about him. She probably gave me a tract or a brochure or something in lieu of a tip for delivering her fucking Washington Post. And, uh, oh, she would uh, just speak glowingly of Brother Carl uh, morning, noon, and night. And her, her radio, it didn't have a tuning knob for the frequency it was pulled off and glued 
onto uh, WFAX, 1220, as I recall, on your AM dial. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is the, you're, and you're right, that this sort of mindset and, and, and cultural influence and political dialogue influence. Yeah, there's is, a, there's a through line that runs from these frauds and charlatans straight to her, you know, straight to Herschel Walker. I've got a Herschel Walker yeah. story here. Turns oh. out it just gets worse. Oh, good. I like not 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 on, not only did he fund abortions, but he was a deadbeat about it. So uh, the Washington Post just hit with this a little bit ago. Uh, the mother of one of Herschel Walker's children had to repeatedly press the former football star and now Republican Senate nominee in Georgia for funds to pay for a 2009 abortion that she said he wanted her to have, according to the woman and a person she confided in at the time. When I talked to him, I said, you need to send, I can't afford to pay for this. Uh, she said in one of several interviews with the Washington Post, adding that she also told him, we did this too. Both of us did this. We both know how babies are made. And so after fi being harangued for a while, he finally coughed up a $700 check after she had already paid for the procedure herself. And he signed, he signed it. Yeah. Uh, Never signed the check, Herschel. And, I mean, and, 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 the th and the thing is, though, he's a total deadbeat because um, she took him to court. Oh, excuse me. She took him to court because she got pregnant by him a second time. She chose to give birth to that child, who is now 10 years old. So it's not like this is ancient history. So in 2013, she sued uh, Herschel in New York for child support. Because he was dead-beating on her. Now, Herschel's running around claiming, you know what, I'm a millionaire. Now, but during the child support litigation, he said, I only make about $140,000 a year. And this is the GOP Senate standard bearer. For Georgia. For Georgia. And, of course, Hugh Hewitt who sounds like a somebody who's terribly nauseated, interviewed him last week, Herschel, after the Daily Beast dropped the dime on him, and he's aborting. I know nothing about any woman having an abortion. Had that happened, I would have said it because there's nothing to be ashamed of there. They've got, they've literally got the signed receipt. Yeah. Now, I mean, did, did he, how brazen or stupid do you have to be? Well, here we maybe we'll find out by answer to this question. Did he fill out the memo part on the check? <laughs> Abortion. Yeah. Yeah. I. And of course, and I, meanwhile, the National Republican Senatorial Committee and Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas showed up at a rally in Georgia. Now they're pro-law. And and Nitwit Nero says he may come to Georgia, and that's the thing. You know, the polling is what the polling is. But you got to remember, uh, Georgia has worked hand hand over fist and hammer and tongs to make sure that people they don't want voting can't vote. Yeah, that could be because that's. And part supposedly of on Friday in Savannah, Georgia, uh, Senator Reverend Warnock and Herschel are going to debate. 
Yeah, and by the way, that that link that I sent you for Monday night's debate between Ryan and uh, yeah, uh, 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 Jerk Deluxe, you can use that. That's the same website that's going to be airing the Warnock uh, 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 Herschel Walker debate on Friday. So check that out. And uh, in 2009, at least two women that Walker dated were pregnant. Never feel. Well, you know, I mean, you know how it is with wearing a condom. You just kind of like wearing a raincoat in the shower, for God's sakes. And, uh, <sighs> but but you've also got to look at what function does Herschel Walker serve for the GOP in in Georgia specifically, but the party generally? Well, the party generally, he will do what he is told. Okay, that's 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 critical in any in any calculus. He will do as he is told, and will and will say. But the problem, stuff. but the problem is, who's going to tell him what to do? And the answer to that is, you know, the Mussolini of marital ardas. Well, for and I know that it's pointless to say that to to the listeners uh, to this program. But as you vote, and early voting is going to start soon in various areas, as you vote, the rule of thumb, vote for whoever you want to, unless they are a 2020 election denier and a person who is coming to the defense of Herschel Walker. I think that's a pretty safe approach to take for voters who have some sense. I mean, those who have some sense wouldn't be voting for this caliber of person to begin with. But but I wish that there and I hope that there are some Republicans and independents who see what the GOP is up to and don't. Well, like look, it. it's it's it, in this case, it's not a long game, Scott. This is a very short game. This is nothing about the nothing about uh, this is about nothing but the pure acquisition of political power. Well, yeah, and the and the the Nietzschean will to power. So morals, ethics. Those are way out the window. And so when the woman called Walker or told Walker, he said, well, it's not a good time for a baby. And he said, we should do this right away. And at the time, she also didn't know that he had already fathered another baby by another woman. We should do this right away. And do this is get an abortion. Yeah. But lo and behold, the pro-life assholes and the Republicans, because they are, their only goal is power. You know, their religious bona fides are done. They're ended. They're over. But i got to share something with you and with the Horn Family Community Congregation. Uh, this here is what you call something. Uh, you remember when I took Ferg up for the job interview in Ohio a couple of months back? Yeah. Well, we were traveling along along Route 23, and we saw these big signs uh, with with you know directions to a YouTube channel. I think the guy is since dead, but and this thing goes on for near 20 minutes. But I'm just going to give you a taste. Denville Curry, man with no vocal cord. Wait a minute. I mean, it's painted on a, a barn. Minute. It's as big as life. You can't miss it. If you're on Route 23 North, 
near Circleville and the Buckeye State. What happened to like uh, on the on the roofs of uh, barns? Don't they do political ads up there anymore? Or no, uh, all... or the sides of parked uh, trailers? Yeah, that's a big thing around here. Well, tell but me his name again. Denville Curry, D E N V I L Curry, like the dish. Yeah. Man with no vocal cord. If you put that in, you'll get it on YouTube. But do I do I want to? That's the well. You can make that decision for yourself because I'm gonna play you a little bit. Oh my! All right, go ahead. Denville Curry, man with no vocal. Hi, my name is Denville Curry. I'm from the hills of West Virginia, down around Williamson, West Virginia. I wanted to let you know a little bit what has been going on in my life in the last few years, and. uh, and I hope this will bless you. But anyhow, I was down in West Virginia, and I went up on the graveyard where my mom was buried, and uh, I'd cleaned her grave off, and so I sat down and leaned up against the tombstone, like I've done many times since she's been gone. And Well, anyhow, either I went to sleep or daydreaming, whatever it was, but I woke up, and it was sleeting and raining, snowing, and I noticed when I got up, I was cold, I couldn't hardly talk. I was sick and I was coughing. That night, I... You'll, you'll notice he was cold when he woke up and it was sleeting and it was raining. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Denville, proceed, go on. Are you enjoying his vocal stylings? Well, uh, no, but, you know... <laughs> I, uh, reminds, I, uh, reminds me of my early days in voice feminization therapy, frankly. But here's the deal. The, 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 the power of the phenomenon of human speech. See, I'm getting choked up just talking about it. Don't we have like two vocal cords because they have to vibrate in such a way so that they, when the air comes through? Sound is produced. How? What is it vibrating against? If there's only one, or does he tell us? No, he has none. He has no. You're gonna. He has no vocal cords. Oh, I thought you said he had one. No, he's the man with no vocal cord. Well, fuck me then. Go ahead, Denver. And I began to cough, and I coughed, and they couldn't suppress the cough. The cough was so intense that around four, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, I blew my vocal cords and ruptured my vocal cords and they came out and I spit them out in a in a in a handkerchief he spit his vocal cords out in a handkerchief i think i just ruined i think i just ruined dinner in the pacific daylight time zone the only other time i've heard of that happening is a 40 year lucky strike smoker once did that i think my aunt knew it back in the days but go ahead but at least you know at least he's got a working a working knowledge of human anatomy Marvelina coughed out my vocal cords, but he couldn't do that because he couldn't talk no more. You see, this here is a story of a miracle. Should have oh, saved it I'll... for Wednesday. Oh, and I, then I couldn't make no sound. When I coughed, you couldn't hear me. I made no sound at all. So anyhow, by the time I got to the hospital, I'd come back to Columbus, Ohio, and went to OSU Medical Center up here in Columbus, Ohio. And they went down in my throat and nose and they, with a camera. And they determined I had no cancer. I didn't have any 
uh, tumors or anything like that. But what I had done, they said, well, I had ruptured my vocal cords and they literally come out. So he told me, he said, preacher, he said, you'll never talk again. You'll never be able to talk again or make a sound. He said, if you get, you need to get used to this. You need to learn sign language and learn how to live without talking. Well, I got to thinking, well, God called me to preach. How can I talk with no voice? How can I preach with no voice? So I thought, well, I'll see what God has to do. So anyhow, for 20 years, I couldn't talk. I got to where I could whisper just a little bit. But anyhow, well, I was going down the road listening to 660 radio in Waverly, Ohio, and I was listening to them, and they was playing one of A.A. A. Allen's old video or old sermons on, on the radio. So I asked God, I said, God, where is the miracles for me and my children and my grandchildren? Well, I went down and you said, well, how do you, how do you ask God? In my mind, I don't know if you ever talked to God or talked to yourself in your mind, but I, I, was, I had to talk in my mind because I couldn't speak out loud. But anyway, I was doing this in my mind, and God said, look in your rearview mirror. So I looked in my rearview mirror, and I said, Lord, that's only me. He said, look again, and I looked again, and I said, Lord, that's only me. And he said to me, Denville, if you'll do what I tell you to do, I will take you where I want you to be. I said, I'll do it, Lord. So then some time went on by, and I didn't hear. Two or three weeks went by, and my wife and I went down to West Virginia, and we was going down to my wife's the preacher, and she was going to preach. So I went with her. They're one of them so heretical sects. That Sunday, we were headed back to Ohio that night. And we was coming through Wellston, Ohio, on Route 93. God spoke to me and said, stop at this church. So I stopped at this church, me and my wife, and we mm -hmm. went in. Yeah. And they were all down praying, and the pastor was down praying. And so we just scooted in the back seat of the church and sit down. So a minute or so went by, the pastor gets up and he says, you brother and you sister that just came in, that's in the back row, said, come up here. So we went up and, and the pastor said, God told us he was sending by a man and a woman for us to wait on them. And he said to me, he said, you're the man. And he looked at my wife and he said, you're the woman. So we didn't understand what him. was going on at, the, at that very moment. He, he hands me a microphone, and he said, Preacher, preach. Well, in myself, I knew I couldn't talk. My wife looked at me real funny, and I just took the microphone. And all of a sudden, I just took the microphone, and I began to talk fluently and loud where I could talk like I am right now, where you can hear me talk as I'm talking to you right now. So anyhow... Uh, I began to pray for the sick, and there was people healed. I came back and preached the next night, and there was miracles and things happened. So on the way, after service was over, and uh, we were on our way home, we stopped at McDonald's to get a sandwich. Well, we'd pulled out of McDonald's, started up 93, coming home, and my wife screamed, Oh, my God, Dimple. I said, What? She says, You can talk fluently. I can hear you talk. Fluently? So you see, it took... Yeah, so that's enough of that. Probably more than enough. See, the, I am automatically skeptical 
of origin stories, especially origin stories that have to do with with miraculous uh, restorations. I mean, now certainly after this guy hawked up his fucking vocal cords into a handkerchief, that certainly he sought medical help if he had any sense. Well, he did. He said he done went up to uh, Columbus. You heard him say he went up to Columbus to the the, the Ohio State University, and they told him he'd, he'd have to get used to never talking again, and he went 20 years. But But the thing is, I want to see a signed affidavit by, uh, from the people that treated him and diagnosed and that looked. What sort of scope would they use to look to find out that he weren't didn't have no more vocal cords? I mean, you're getting I, caught I, up in it. You just said didn't have no more. Well, you listen to Denver for a while and you start talking about it's Denver. Well, damn it. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, see, if if it was a true miracle. Do they have a before picture or audio of his voice before the incident? Where he, where oh, he, he sounded did. like Johnny Cash, I'm sure. Well, you know, I... But, uh, but, but there's a larger point to be had here, and Matt in, Matt in San Francisco just made it subject line, God is cruel. Why wouldn't God give him Gregory Peck's voice? Well, that's where I was Beverly going. is I mean, not here. He's <laughs> made other plans, and they do not include you. I'm sorry, Steve Landisberg on Barney Miller. Yeah, it's like, uh, I, you know, a half-assed miracle is still a half-assed miracle. I yeah, mean, instead, I, yeah, as, as Matt points out, God is a cruel prankster. He gave him Minnie Mouse's voice. Well, you see... <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to make fun of the poor dude. Is there no, a but I mean, compa compared, to, compared to this guy, Pat, Pat Buttram, you know, Mr. Haney... Uh, is 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 uh, you know uh, <laughs> Jesus? He's Frankie Lane, you know. <laughs> uh, so what is it? What is his deal now? Does he go from church to church? No, no, he's long since dead. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I would have uh, gone to see him if I'd known he if he was coming to my area. I didn't know he was I sick. Was... <laughs> Denville Curry. I'll have to Google him because the I man with no vocal cord. Well, I pardon color me skeptical, Robin, because I just these well, are I these mean, Jerry, Jerry, no, notice that God's all the time get the, uh, curing vocal cordlessness and 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 cancer and shit, but he's never grown back a, pink, a, a cut a lopped off pinky yet. Well, see, and the thing is, he's talking about he was see, <laughs> better not be another fucking hat. <laughs> Wonder. <laughs> When there were when there are too many details, you see, when he's starting to give highway numbers, you know, in describing his travels, these are places where the UFOs routinely land. The UFOs don't land in places where there are. The only time the on. UFOs ever landed anywhere interesting was the day the Earth stood still. Exactly, I saw it. Quatu barata nick to bastards. Yeah, I you know, it, it, but. but yeah, the Highway 93 and all that happy crappy. I just, I just, my antennas start twitching, and I, uh, I, I get skeptical. I'm just, just that kind of guy. So, Denville Curry, I'll have to man with that no vocal cord in the Mandarin Hut. I'd like a big old plate of Denville Curry uh, over rice. Jesus.
Now, would that be uh, would that be uh, steamed rice or fried rice? Uh, for, I like fried rice uh, over steamed rice because steamed rice, if it's not Uncle Ben's, it has that surface starch that makes rice stick. Oh, who needs that? I'm not going to put that in my mouth. Well, that's why no. you're supposed to rinse the rice before you put it in the rice cooker. Well, <sighs> what are you? What are you? The galloping gourmet all of a sudden? Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy was half in the bag with all the wine he drank. I imagine he couldn't scramble an egg at some point. Anyway, I just. Well, I'm glad I see. I before this, I had never heard of Denville Curry. Now I know the rest of the story. And now you know the rest <laughs> of the story. Oh, but I got to give a cowbell to Matt for the Gregory Peck reference. Yes, I mean, God, it must have been a, a an off day for the Lord. I just, I can't imagine. I mean, here's an. I mean, I don't want to make fun of anybody's infirmities. But well, why not? It, it, this guy, I mean, because but the thing is, the story starts off and it's halfway to Rip Van Winkle. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he's sleeping in the cemetery. I mean, and a storm came up, <laughs> and he hawked out his fucking vocal cords. I mean, and it was rain or sleet or something. It could have been any. Could have been fucking a plague of fl- frogs coming down. Like out of the days of old Egypt. I, I, <laughs> and a frog's leg can be used as a vocal cord in a pinch. Don't you know? It says so in the Bible. I mean, who was that who tied his ass to the tree and walked 40 miles? That guy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's your miracle. There's your miracle right there. And you don't have to doze off in the... Uh, in the eternal uh, sleepy cemetery of, of spookiness, Danville. <laughs> I just. Uh, I, I know. I, I know. It's just, you know. And I'm going to, you see what's going to happen is I'm going to go out there to get the mail after we're through talking. And then, then my time will come. The lightning bolt will come out of a clear sky and just smite me right there. They'll come back and they'll be like a pile of ashes smoldering and a belt buckle and a gold tooth and that'll be it <laughs> gold tooth <laughs> you know what was that noise i think that's the guy next door he was he was mocking he was scoffing and fun making and the lord had quite enough of it thank you very much and there he went there he went denville well if i ever have children i'm gonna name my first male child, Denville Curry. I think that's a colorful name. And maybe he'll sleep in a cemetery in sl- amid sleet and then hail and snow and dark of night and wake up and he'll have a story to tell. What was he drinking? That's the other thing. You got to figure he was half gassed, you know, <laughs> on, on some homebrew. That was made in somebody's bathtub somewhere. Oh, you've never been down to Williamson, West Virginia, believe me. Uh, I just. You light that local re- stuff up and it burns all the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> when he, Probably when he eat your vocal up, cords right away. Did he leave the jug behind? See, that's these are the questions that, that need answering. What, what's even more fun is when you go 
and you look at the comments uh, from the credulous. Yeah. After several years of seeing this sign on Route 23, I finally made it a point to check this out. This is truly amazing. God is great. Saw your billboard while traveling through Ohio. Thanks for sharing your testimony of healing. I'm a fellow believer, believes in fellows apparently, and love hearing stories of Jesus still performing miracles. And and there's nobody in there going, oh, come on. Now, how long ago did this allegedly occur? Well, he doesn't really tell us. Well, see, I want I want an accurate timeline. See, if they if they include some details in a in a in a, you know, if it's a tapestry of of truthiness, but they leave out when this happened. And there's no mention in there of the fact that he's in the, he's gone to the great beyond now. So you got people going. I sure would like to talk to you. Oh yeah, pray louder. Well, is the missus still around? Is she still? Because uh, <laughs> she. I don't know. Because she's got to be going. Because wasn't she a preacher also? I mean, and and you don't want a woman uh, telling the males in the congregation what to do. But apparently, the story must continue to be told. If it was, if it was a bona fide miracle and a good buck was to be made, she should be carrying on to this day, unless the Lord took her also. Uh, I I just. This bears uh, looking into. That's all I'm saying. I'm and and pardon my skepticism. And I'm sorry that anyone speaks that way. Well, I don't know. Maybe uh, he's not in the great beyond. I, I'm seeing a reply from a year ago. I mean, okay, let's let's look him up. Let's waste the remainder of the program. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I. But I just I just. Uh, No, not Denzel Curry. Denville, damn it. <laughs> Devil's Curry. I think, no. Uh, curry devil eggs. I'm trying You know, now that I think about it, I imagine a little curry in deviled egg mixture would be quite good. To add just a little kick. Enough with this paprika. Yeah, see, the last post on Facebook is like 2014. So I think, I think, I think Mrs. Denville has sort of taken because remember she's a preacher too. Uh, that, that that tells you a little bit about what what flavor and denomination they are. You know, women preaching and whatnot. What does she like? Branch off into snakes? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know what brand she is, but. Uh, She's a handsome woman. And you know, not judging on not 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 shame no. But apparently she's answering for Denville now. So Well, yeah. well I'm glad you brought this to my attention because I like I mean, well, I know you like this. Uh, bullshit stories are always great if you tell them right. 
And this guy apparently had his down pat. You know? I mean, if they're painting, uh, if, they, if he's got billboards, they don't give those away. Doesn't Clear Channel or iHeart own a billboard division? You know that you're paying top dollar for primo locations of billboards. Well, I'm seeing here Denville Curry, 1950 to 2061. I think I think they meant 2016. 2061. Wait a minute. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Make him 111. All news before it is news. <laughs> 1950? I didn't... So, by the time he puts that up there, he is 50... He's 64 when he puts that video up there. Well, I'm glad you... you, Because, see, I would have gone the rest of my, my days not knowing of this story, and I like a good yarn just as well as the next person. And this is a this was a yarn. Maybe uh, there's you ever heard of a column in the alternative newspapers called the Straight Dope? Yeah. Where people write in. I'm gonna check. There's a Straight Dope website. I'm gonna check in to find out if uh, Cecil Adams has heard anything about uh, old Denville. Well, I just I just wanted to give you I just wanted to give you something to you know, think about. Well, you sure as hell did. I'm going to avoid graveyards, I'll tell you that, because I don't want to talk like that. I'll take my naps where I always take them. Right where, yes. That's right. And, And, you know, but the other lesson is always use a handkerchief, because you never know when you're going to blow, cough your vocal cord. Uh, well, I'm going to go to the drugstore after I hang up with you and get me a have a hank. Do they still have have a hank displays in, in country stores? I haven't seen one of those in a very long time. But look at us. Uh, it, 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 we are uh, uh, we're at the end of the program. So. Well, I, I can't think of a better uh, way to while away part of an afternoon. Done with you and the Horn family and old Denville, and we had and we had plenty of Titanic intellect and. Oh, I did. If you're giving a prize, I think Denville wins the, uh, the prize today. I... Well, I didn't. I, I saw something that I had. I did not know uh, earlier. I didn't know that Ben Sassy, that new and different kind of Republican who turns out to be just like every other Republican had announced his retirement from the Senate of the United States. Yeah, he's going to head up a college down or university down in Florida, I think. Well, he, he, he thinks he is, but they tried to have an interview for him with him in secret without announcing it and just having an invited audience of, you know, automatons. But this past Monday, word leaked out. Uh, he had to shout over, he had to talk over the loud shouting of students uh, hollering, uh, hey, hey, ho, ho, Ben Sassy's got to go because they don't want that dude. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, it was kind of noisy. I mean, it, it, check this out.
Pretty impressive, huh? Well, I would say they're they're a definite no when it comes to uh, what is it, is it University of Florida or yes, yeah, University of Florida. Uh, yeah, the, actually, the Florida University system. Yeah, see, you don't want someone like that. Well, what was like uh, K Street filled up? Yeah. Isn't that where uh, most retired uh, uh, Senate critters and Congress critters go? Yeah, and then and and then I, we've got the audio of him talking, trying to talk, you know, and make his case. Like while the protests were going on. What does he say? Now, it's kind of hard to tell because they're right noisy. But I, but I sort of intellectually and constitutionally happily welcome the protesters. Um, classes that were taught in person and then were pushed online and then just thought you could just take away the human component. But I, but I sort of intellectually... You hear the protesters in the background? Yeah. What is this human component that he speaks of? Isn't he a former Republican senator? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it... what is what does he know from human component? For fuck's sake! <laughs> There's that. Oh, for pity's sakes! I would think that Denville Denville Curry in his current state would make a better university president. Than uh, the likes of uh, Mr. Sassy. How do you say it? Sassy. Ben Sassy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it looks, it looks like uh, Addison, Addison McConnell's got himself in some more uh, shit. Remember when he said uh, uh, the bad polling numbers were because we don't have good candidates and everybody. Did... Well, apparently he's still. Uh, Still, his thinking hasn't changed. Um, CNN released an interview today. And he said, uh, well, getting back to the majority and setting the agenda would require one seat net pickup. But that's proven to be an enormous challenge given the difficult Senate map his party faces despite the favorable midterm in environment for the GOP. That was Manu Raju, actually. Um, doesn't McConnell know that, I mean, in his heart voice, of hearts, doesn't he know that the, the, the handwriting's on the wall? Are they, I see, because the pundits, you got to look at the motivation of the people on TV. They want for there to be a horse race. They want for people to think that things are close and the that the outcome is totally unknown, not knowable even, okay? But... but the, you know that they do polling, that the parties do private polling, and uh, they do it in such a way that they really do get a fix on what, what the deal is. And if they're pouring as much money as they are in places like Ohio and Georgia and, and other races, you know that they're frantic about it. Because if, if they could just, if it would be a cakewalk, they wouldn't be like, if you've got Mitch at this point, and he said that weeks ago, that to questioning the caliber of the uh, the quality of the candidates, you know that he knows something that he's not being straightforward about, and is trying to telegraph 
what the what the situation is to the folks out there. That's my take. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as close. Well, what he what he what he went on to say, uh, McConnell did is, uh, oh, I've got a lot of bases to call. Uh, yeah, you know, many of these general election campaigns have been woefully underfunded, not because of the NISC, but because of the candidates' campaigns themselves. And we certainly, the Senate Leadership Fund has certainly carried the lion's share of the load. So basically, he's complaining that these candidates are shitty candidates who can't. It, 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 who, who can't fundraise for their own damn campaigns. See, I think that's telling us something. If we read between the lines, we can pick up on what he's trying to say. I don't, think never... we're gonna, I don't think we're going to have a majority as long as we're running Herschel Walker and Dr. Oz. And, G, and, 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 and uh, what do you, you call that Vance fellow there, Scott? What do you call him? Uh, uh, jerk uh, Deluxe. Jerk Deluxe. OJD. And he truly did. If you see if you saw the footage from last night, he truly did like look like the typical deer in the headlights. I mean, to my eyes, maybe I'm biased that way. Because Tim Ryan, I know, is not a lockstep uh, Democrat. I think it's safe to say. No, he's 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 got some. You know, uh, well, yeah, I break with the Biden administration on letting these people have money to pay their student loans. And, you know, oh, I'm, 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 I think that's what the people of the people of Ohio want. Uh, but we got a little affirmation here, so I'm I'm going to celebrate it. Thank you, Les. Uh, Les is uh, Les is out on the road, I reckon. Swear to the gods, you and Scott's portion of the show is entertaining as fuck. I don't even get half the references, but still. Well, that's the that's how it's we plan it that way. <laughs> I well, thank I, you, Les. I just, I just uh, you know, like I say, my my underlying thought for the day is, it ain't over till it's over, and even if we do win, we've got to make something of that win, that that moves us, you know, in a. In a higher, in a, I don't even, I, well, you know what I mean. It's, I don't know that it's going to change all that much because the Senate is not known. They call it, you know, the most deliberative body. Well, you can go down to any morgue and find bodies that deliberate more than most of the people in the Senate. It, it's more of a shouting match. I mean, why not just give it the full Three Stooges? And have pie, fucking pie, pie fights. I mean, it would be more decorous. Dec the decorum level would rise tremendously if they added pie fights to it, because at least there'd be entertainment value. And I, I just, I hate to be, you know, a down Debbie Downer tonight, but I just. Well, I, think I, I don't think you are. I mean, I think I think you're being, uh, I don't know, Rhonda realist. Why, thank you. I, I, I just, um, I'll just be glad when when it's over and the votes are all correctly tallied and we know where we stand because that's going to determine a lot of things. And if we do better in the Senate than we're expecting to, and somehow manage to hold on to the House, which some some still say that's not going to be the case. Well, you know, we live in a time of uh, 
we live in a time of, of people not just buying into the nonsense. People want to see results. People want to see uh, that they're getting that they're getting forward movement. I think there's still enough Democrats and independents that have some sense, and even a few Republicans that know that the, the, the way that we've been going all this time is not the way to go, that the very future of, of, the, of the nation, and I know it's every four years or every two years, this is the most important election that there's ever been. Well, this time it happens to be true. What we do now is going to be so impactful down the road that people are afraid to acknowledge it and behave accordingly, I think is what the, what the deal is. But we need to acknowledge it and we need to fucking show up. This can't be like the midterms of yore. You know, we've got to, we've got to break the tradition that the president's party gets his ass handed to it in, in the off year elections, the midterm elections. And we, and we, we better do it. Because we don't at our own fucking existential peril. Well, I remember waking up in uh, November of 1994. Oh God, yes, I remember that. And and you know we were off to the we were off to the races for half a, you know for a decade or more. Yeah, with Newt in charge. Imagine that times ten. Because compared to this crop of, of idiots. That was a brain trust. Yeah, well, exactly. And imagine the age of Newt fucking Gingrich times 10. Is that the outcome that we want to see? I know I don't. I know you don't. Yeah, I'll take a pass, thanks. You know. All right, I, Scott, I, you have a good evening. And. Uh, well, how can I at this point after all this? I mean, well, you know, I hate to rec I, I hate to suggest the use of drugs and alcohol, but it always works for me. Well, I got my gray goose uh, yeah. in Hunter, there. I, that, that, that's a line from Hunter Thompson, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it, it's been a I won't say it's been a joy, but it's been re revelatory today, Robin, as it usually is. It's and been I, a thing. I hope people got something out of it, and I hope that they behave accordingly. Between now and November, well, I don't think we have 8th. to worry about anybody in the Horn Family Community uh, Congregation getting it wrong on November. Well, 8th. and take people with you when you vote if you go in person. Yeah, see if Encourage anybody needs people. a ride. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. I as always, it's been tickety boo, and and uh, uh, good night to you and to the Horn Family, and um, and to you as well, Scott. Take all care. right, and I I just I. Well, there's nothing left to say, but so long for now. <laughs> Take care. All right. See ya. And Jude, having heard it all, said, I'm sensing it's not over till it's over, quoting Scott. Sensing a movement through the first portion of the program when he voiced a sense of not being able to shift change as to where we are. It's so vast and appears beyond our grasp as one may not be able to view the fullness. So this is positive. Yeah, we got we we, we made we made positive progress. Thank you, Jude. And have a wonderful evening yourself.
So um, more tomorrow, and tomorrow's prayer meeting Wednesday. I think we burned out our prayer meeting Wednesday on Denville Curry, the man with no vocal cords. Anyway, thanks to all of you. Uh, and, and by the way, Scott, if you're still listening, uh, Terry in Saigon says, Scott is my favorite caller. So yeah. every, everybody who calls the program has their own fan, their own little fan club. And I think, I think that's absolutely delightful. And that only happens because of the way we format this program, where it's not two or three minutes and you're gone. This is about real conversation and seeing where, you know, seeing where it'll take us. And that, and and that, and I love that. I absolutely adore that. So, thank you to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks so much for the uh, for the for the generous, generous anonymous matching challenge that resulted in, in um, us knocking down a whole bunch of the hole and let me let me pay some bills and buy some medicine. Um. And thank you to those of you who responded to the challenge. It's so, so wonderful. So we'll be at 730 tomorrow, 730 votes. And that's not nearly as bad as it has been or could be. And thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Sparky and Steve in the chat room earlier. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. Remember, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way. 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head on dot live. Thanks, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Launch, CRMW.net. 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia. And a proud union shop. Don't forget about H.R. 2073, the Appalachian Communities Health Emergency Act. be great if you'd continue to call your elected representatives and ask them to please co-sponsor this piece of legislation. Truly, it is grassroots activism at its best. And it means the world to Appalachia. Get your booster, wear your mask, especially among the great maggot unwashed. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, keep your social distance. And if you see some uh, blonde with a decided not Georgia accent saying, Go Biden is Hitler. Well, avoid that. Avoid that cue ball like the plague. And don't let her, get, don't let her shoot you with her Jewish face laser. But she is the plague. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.